go-to man. Israel Folau! Is he? Is he in? You better believe it. New Zealand Rugby's organised a crisis <laughs> meeting with uh, Stephen Larkin. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to the second episode of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss Fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. In case you're tuning in for the first time this year or you've missed our last podcast, you may have heard us under our old banner, Fantasy XV Draft, but we have now rebranded as Draft Rugby as we're in the process of releasing our own fantasy rugby platform, which you will find at draftrugby.com. So, I'm your host, Kagi, and I've got my Draft Rugby compadres, Harry and Nelson, with me. Harry, how's it going? Very good, mate. It's very good. Looking forward to uh, talking about Super Rugby. Excellent. And Nelson, what about you? How are you? Just a little bit better than Harry, pretty much. As always. Excellent. Um, All right, and this week we have not one, but two guests joining us on the pod. Uh, We have one of Queensland's most eligible bachelors, Jay Borstorn, going to give us the lowdown uh, on the Queensland Reds in 2019. And joining us also from uh, Tokyo, we have our Japanese rugby expert and journo, uh, Richard Freeman. So stay tuned for that. All right, so as per usual, let's get the plugs out of the way. Still check out our old website, fantasyxvdraft.com, where you can find all our previous articles, such as the Casualty Ward, the Fantasy Round and Review, and the Stock Market. Uh, and yeah, we're still posting lots of content um, about you know previews for the 2019 season and lots of uh, content about the draftrugby.com platform as we unveil it. Uh, get after us on the socials. We are now do it draft rugby on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you're already following us, you still are. And if not, ask yourself why you aren't and uh, just get after us. Just be better, really. Exactly at draft rugby. Do uh, it. All right. So look, we finished our sushi for tonight. Um, and in again, ter- why sushi? Sushi. Yeah, that's better. All right, man. Um, we finished our dinner, and look, last week's podcast was a little bit dry. Uh, the last podcast was a little bit dry because we were just really explaining a content. But tonight we get to talk rugby, which is good. So yeah. we're going to start off just diving in with a short intro uh, because we've got a big main course tonight. So for entree tonight, <clears throat> we're going to give our predictions for who we think will be the top three fantasy players from the Australian Conference in twenty in Super Rugby twenty nineteen. Uh, for our main course. You may, have, you may have guessed already, but uh, partly from our guests, but um, we're doing an Australian conference preview. So we'll take you through the five Aussie conference teams and how they're shaping up for do 2019. You, do you reckon they could have also guessed from the title where it says Australian conference preview? Well, he's thought ahead. That's the furthest I've ever heard Nelson think ahead. Um, <laughs> all right. And uh, for dessert, we will finish off. We'll give you our predictions for the Australian conference rankings from <clears> one to five, where we think the teams will end up. So... Let's jump straight in, boys. For entree, predictions for our, the top three fantasy players for the Aussie Conference. Happy to start us off because we did agree that we would have three unique picks here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Pretty, <laughs> all right, I mean, pretty, pretty obviously, <laughs> the bloke that's been on the top of the Australian Conference for the last, <clears throat> I think, four years now. He was the top scorer four years ago. Since he started before, playing rugby, yeah. Yeah, before Dean McKenzie decided that he was just going to make everyone else look bad. Izzy Falau will, will again be the top fantasy pick this year. I thought he actually was below his best last year, and he was still the top Definitely. scoring fantasy rugby player in Australia. So number one to him, Samu Karevi is going to have a big, big year oh. as he tries to get a starting spot for <laughs> rugby. Are you going all right with your picks over there, Nels? I'm just having to cross a few out. 
So Sam McCarevy should be number two. The man just loves the ball. I expect him to play inside centre for the Reds where, where he gets the most ball and has the most impact on a game. And I'm going to go a little bit uh, left of field and I'm going to say this is David Pocock's year for fantasy football. Yeah, Poey. We're our platform rewards on-the-ball players and forwards that can score tries. He scores rolling more tries and no one gets on the ball anything like he does. And he's just the greatest player in the country. He should definitely be captain. 100%. Yeah. Let's get not get points. off topic. Doesn't get more points of being captain, Nelson. All right, Nelson. What do you so, think? So what I mean, we're doing unique players. Yeah. So I've had to mix it up a little bit. There's a few crosses on my my sheet here. I'm going to go with Banks to be the top scorer. He had a pretty good year last year. Look, he wasn't too far off the pace of the top. Um, I don't think there's a lot of power coming into that Brumbies backline. Pulu's going to be a little bit exciting, but if anything, I think that could be something positive for Banks. So I'm going to stick with Banks as my top man. Excellent. Then I'm going to go Salmaki, who is going to be injured for a good chunk of the year, but he is a beast. Not at the start of the season. Oh, okay. I'm just going to assume he is going to get injured at some part of the season. So a few big games that he's average up. Yeah, that man will not play the whole season. Clock out. But when he plays, he will get bulk points. And then after that, to round it out, I'm going to go for Maddox, because I think Maddox... Is an absolute gun. I don't think he was far off the pace. He was about he was about eighth or ninth, I think, in the Australian Conference this year. Chuck out blokes like Naravoro, Little, who I think is going to be a little bit down, even though he's got more pressure on him. I don't think that'll be strong. I think he can slip up in there, and I also think Caribbean for now are going to be above most of those. Do you just say slipper? You got the slipper now? Is that what you're doing? The slipper, the slipper. Yeah, very and cracks. All right, well, uh, look, I, I wanted to just go uh, Team Falau. I wanted to Mate, go Israel we Falau, all agreed John the Falau, and Falau Fainga. <laughs> I wanted to go the trifecta. You can't go wrong with the Falau. Um, and John Falau, I expect big things from you this season. So, so instead um, you've gone for the right. But instead, look, all right, I'll go, I'll go for unique players. Um, and so, look, I'm going to go with Michael Little, uh, captain, mm. announced captain, co-captains of the Sunwolves. So, Could be negative for him, but So yeah. hopefully that means he's playing, and he's not eligible, as far as I know, for the Japanese international team. So, I think he is. Yeah, I think, no, no, he's not. He's not. Yeah, so, I think he, is he not in the bulk squad? No, don't no. think he is. Not he's not eligible. Yeah. He's one of the few that aren't. So he should be playing every game of every minute, he's and if he's good. anywhere as near as good as he was last year, he will be bringing home the bacon so Michael Little uh, I also need to cross out now Israel Folau and Sam Karevi so um, on the spot who do I think look I'm going to go with a big fantasy favourite not really a favourite of um, I guess law enforcement but um, <laughs> Amanaki Murphy uh, so oh, wow. his, uh, his, 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 his case is still a little bit unclear uh, as in he doesn't really have a Sunwolves contract that we know of yet he has been playing in the top league Um but look, I mean, if the man basically, if the man gets signed and he starts playing, like, he's going to get points. So, just going to throw that one out there. Look, I think the only reason they're going to let him play is because they're desperate for a big boy to be playing for, for Japan in the World Cup. Because that man should not be playing. Well, realistically, the Sunwolves are playing for their spot in this competition as well. So, nothing is going to be more important than results to them. But as far as I've heard, and Rich will go into it, the uh, he, he's not actually going to get cleared to play until they get some sort of confirmation about what's going to happen with this case from his uh, his issue with Lopetti Tamani. Correct. So for me, that's a huge spec. He's just throwing it out there. If the man gets on the field, he's getting points. Um, and then last, lastly, uh, look, I'm really thinking on the spot with this one, but I'm going to go another young gun, similar to Nelson, Jordi Pataya. So hey, I'm going to put out like Pataya, Pataya, Pataya. Yeah, Pataya. Well, everyone knows who I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to go Geordie. I think he is an absolute gun. He's just he come off the back of a <clears throat> ripper NRC season. 
and he was just very unlucky to uh, pull up a little hamstring injury. Otherwise, he would have been capped for the Wallabies against Italy. So um, he was taken away on the spring tour, just didn't get on. But I expect big things in him this year in Super Rugby. Fair call. Fair, fair. So first of all, I guess we're going to try and get J-Bor on the line. And true to form, we want to make sure that we really just... <clears throat> take every risk we can this year on our podcast so we haven't contacted him never spoken to him before in our lives we've found his number on google we're just going to give him a ring and see how we go see if we can get him on the line that's it so look delving into our main course now we're going to start then with the queensland reds preview and our first guest jay bore staunton all right let's see how we go one take only boys that's all we do it's always live mate yeah no editing we're not really live is it (laughs) it's pretty live i think G'day, Mars. Jaybor, how are you? This is Kagi. How you doing? Yeah, good, Kagi. How you doing, brother? Very good, thank you. I'm here with Harry and Nelson. Boys, say hello. How you going? How you going, lads? How you going, mate? Thanks for coming on. No, you're all right. Happy to have you on. Perfect. All right. Well, look, by way of introduction, uh, thank you for joining us, Jaybor. Jaybor is a journalist and Australian correspondent for Rugby Pass since the start of 2018. Uh, you might have known him from such films as Operation J-Pan that we've all thoroughly enjoyed. Um where he basically went through, travelled through all the cities in Japan uh, that are hosting the Rugby World Cup and um, showed the local sites and, uh, and stadiums. How did they pick that for you for that gig, mate? Was it just a, a flop off with a beard? Whoever had the longest beard got it, or, or how did it work? Know. Yeah, we need I to don't see know, this. Mate. The idea of putting like a fat balding Aussie <laughs> you know, loser through Japan is quite. Crazy unto itself, but I think no, they, they wanted to do something similar. They've done some videos uh, previously with Big Jim Hamilton and stuff like that, and I think um, yeah, they just wanted to obviously try and tap into the Rugby World Cup because I think if there's ever going to be a Rugby World Cup that's you know really growing the game, it's the 2019 one in Japan. You know, you're going to be able to do things there you wouldn't be able to do at any other World Cup, and I think if anyone's going to run a World Cup to a T. It's got to be Japan, so absolutely. No, but it was good fun, though. You know, they've got obviously there was the uh, the earthquake, you know, several years ago that really hit them, and they're doing a lot to try and you know help um, a lot of the cities sort of bounce back from that. So mm. it's quite a big thing for the nation of Japan to be able to host the World Cup, and I think it's going to be a massive thing for the game as a whole to be able to do it. Oh, yeah. it's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, all right, and look, just to get through the intro, Jabe was also um, a. Uh, commentator for Queensland Rugby Union and for um, and co-host. I guess it's for the Premier Rugby Competition um, and co-host of the Premier Rugby Competition's uh, weekly highlights program, The Breakdown. Um, and also, we'll throw, throw the plug: uh, King of Content, Chief Meme Officer for YP Threads. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't know about YP Threads, all you got to do is find some photos of, of uh, Jaybor in his awesome, uh, his decked out clothing. Um, Jaybor, Jaybor didn't ask a lot to come on the pod, but he did say, unless we mention that three times, he's not going to come on board. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, no, that's what you're going to do. And uh, yeah, so yeah. I appreciate it, fellas. No worries. Mate. That's it. And um, you can get after Jaybor at um, at he's a big Instagram user, so at King of the Brown. Snake uh, on Instagram and at Jaybor Staunton on Twitter. Although he doesn't appear to use Twitter that much, but um, <laughs> no. look, 2017 was the last sure one, I believe. But uh, look, after after we do our best to uh, not only get uh, YP threads viral, but more importantly, get the JPan <laughs> Operation JPan video to go viral. Um, I'm sure we'll see some more of Jaybor on Twitter. So, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're flattering me. This is <laughs> That's it. No, so, I like it, keep it up, though. <laughs> Well, look, now it comes to um, 
The Reds, mate. Uh, obviously, you're talking to three uh, devout New South Welshmen uh, and Waratahs fans. Um, look, we we like we like the Reds. We like some of the players up there. I yeah, I, I live and die by Taniela Tupo. He's uh, he's basically my favourite player. They'd be um, my top four um, Aussie Super Rugby teams, I think. They'd be in the top, top four. Top four Super Rugby. Yeah, no. Just scraping. Just scraping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's hoping. I think they might bounce back this year and just make the top four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see how they go. That's what they could do, man. You never know. The Sunwolves are actually looking not too bad with a squad of 60-odd blokes. So um, a lot of Kiwis. Who knows what could happen, eh? We yeah. actually had a, a bit of a chat to Rich Freeman about the, the Sunwolves trying to sort out what they were going to be doing this year. So it sounds like they might be... Uh, Heavily rotating their squad again, which obviously is a good thing for the rest of the Australian <laughs> conference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, bloody oath. I think they've got a squad of 60-odd players, and but I think um, 15 or 16, they're going to be resting from the Japanese national team for the first four rounds. So, oh, you know, mate, spoiler. They could just get their asses handed to them in those first few rounds and not be able to bounce back. And obviously not being able to pick up Sean McMahon with that. Yeah. This Frank's huge. Pressure huge. in the foot is absolutely massive as well. Would absolutely. you say that's karma? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I th- apparently, he's been playing with it for quite some time, so who knows? But mm. shit, like, you know, he's yeah. the sort of bloke that Australian rugby could have used right now. Oh, for but, sure. But, look, Absolutely. We're not here to talk about the Sunwolves at the moment. We're here to talk about the Reds, aren't we? That's it, mate. I was just about to say, look, have have the floor. What, could, <laughs> what can we expect uh, from the Reds in 2019? Mm. Who, who are the players to watch? Um, and I guess... I guess we can just go into who who do you think will be the, the starting team, really, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be really honest, I, I think you're going to see a lot of what happened in the last season. I think they will be, they will be better, um, but they are still in that stage where they are really trying to work out exactly how they want to move forward. But I think they have got that in place. Thorny... I think one thing that Thorny does well is that he doesn't mince his words and, you know, he's he's had to let go or at least he's made the decision to let go guys of Quay Cooper, Carmichael Hunt and James Slipper's ilk and that's not an easy thing to do. But oh, also, yeah. he also doesn't sit around and just let them not know what's going on. You know, before the season even started, he said Quay Cooper's not in the mix. So he, he doesn't bullshit. And so I think that actually, in the long run, is, is something that could help out. There are a few strange selections, but I think there's always going to be that, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a team that is getting rid of so much experience and just trying to fill holes and trying to build from the ground up. He is really trying to actually build it from the ground up through way of Queensland Premier Rugby and NRC. And so I think you might see them play a bit better this year, but I think they're still maybe a year or two off really being at their best. Just on the, the couple of guys that have been let go or moved on, do you have any idea of what happened to Reese Hewitt and Michael Gunn? Because to us on the outside, we kind of thought they were two guys with a lot of potential. Obviously, didn't make a huge impact last year, but they, they look like two people that could really have a big future. And it was really disappointing from our end to see those guys move move on. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it's not just those two guys. I mean, they've let go guys like Andrew Reddy. He spent a lot of the season playing in the Queensland Premier Rugby and was probably one of the best players in the comp. Like, he showed exactly why he has played and been on the radar for the Wallabies and, and played so much footy for the Reds. Yeah. Um, also, guys like Michael Gunn, he's been in the mix for years now and he's an absolute weapon. Reese Hewitt could have been a potential Reds captain in the future, if not Wallabies captain. Um, but... I think a lot of it's come down to cultural issues. There has been a bit of a shift in the past sort of five, six years that has just let things to let things go a little bit, um, just like to be brutally honest. And um, 
I mean, I don't want to get too much into a couple of things because there are some things that uh, are pretty personal, I guess you could say, for some of those blokes. But I, th I think a lot of it's just more of a cultural thing for some of them. Um, I mean, we know, obviously, the bigger-name guys like Slipper and, um, and Carmichael Hunt had those drug issues and stuff like that, and, and Thorny has a, you know... No drug policy. Just a blacklist for that one, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think for some of the other guys, I think it was just more of a cultural fit. He is very straight-edge, and he is very much in regards to, you know, show up, don't so much play up and all that sort of stuff, and I think it, it just showed for a couple of those guys. But, you know, I think... You know, you look at guys like Andrew Reddy and Seth Langarsi and stuff like that. They've been able to go overseas and, and get contracts elsewhere and stuff like that. So it's nothing against their playing ability. I think it was more just a, uh, I think it was more just a cultural thing for Thorny himself. And you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something does happen this year with any of the younger players. I don't think it's got to be an issue for him just to fuck them off and yeah. you know <clears throat> just say to them like it, it's it's my way or the highway. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, guys like Reece Stewart and stuff, I think, is a big loss. But if he doesn't fit into your cultural ethos, then, you know, it just won't work. I, I think he's he's good enough to be able to get a gig anywhere around the world. So I don't think it's going to be too bad for him. And it does suck as a red supporter to see him go. But, you know, like, he, he's good enough to be able to pick up a contract anywhere around the world. Absolutely. Look, I've got a quick question on that. I mean, Liam Gill, who we know is a, a real class act, um, he seems like he's he's quite committed around the paddock. Um, on and off the field. He's a bloke that's been calling to come back. Obviously, the Queensland Reds was his home before he left. Do you think the, the reason he's not getting picked up says more about Liam Wright, or is it saying something maybe culturally um, what Liam Gill is like maybe off the field that we can't see? Or, or what do you think that says about him? No, I think more of it's got to do with the Wallabies setup. I think Michael Check has fucked him over too long. And, and, you know, if you're literally probably one of the best sevens going around in the game and you can't even get a spot on the bench, let alone in the starting 23, yeah. like, why would you want to stick around and play for peanuts and get fucked over? So I think that for, for Gilly, a lot of it was that he did, he, he just didn't see that there was that clear, defined pathway for him to get a gig over here. And it's the same thing with Sean McMahon. And I think it also harks back to the Michael Hooper. David Pocock thing. I know you guys being New South Welshman, you probably love him. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I be honest? You'd be, you be surprised. <laughs> yeah. He's the best or, seven in Australia, right? So you can't stand there and say he's literally a better open side flanker or, than David Pocock. So. All three of us would say, get rid of Hooper. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, we, we'd well, think that Sean... Okay, McMahon, I wouldn't say get rid of Hooper, no, but I'd I mean, say that po Pocock should start at seven. Pocock should be yeah, seven. straight up. Yeah, straight I up. mean, you wouldn't catch the All Blacks playing the world's best player out of position. They wouldn't play Dan Carter at 12 or 15. Well, we, we always yeah. compared it to Sam Kane and Artie Sevilla as well. So, you know, there, there's a reason they don't play those two starting every single week. They have one starting that they find will do the grunt work, and then they've got the bloke that can break the game open coming on at the back end. So... Exactly. That's, That's how we've all, all right. seen it. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the core function of an open side flanker, it's to be able to slow that pill down and be effective at the breakdown. Artie Savi is good, but Sam Kane's one of the best in the world. Yeah, so, exactly. And where do you get most out of your player by way of, say, a Michael Hooper or an Artie Savi? It's in the back end of a match. So, yeah, you know, true. to be able to say that, you know, in the Irish test... Yeah, earlier this year, the series, they were saying, you know, who are they going to pick, Michael Hooper or David Pocock? Mm. And then a month later, they've given Michael Hooper a six, uh, what is it, five-year, $6 million contract. So this yeah. is a guy who only a month prior, his position in the team was 
being called into question and then he's given the largest contract in Australian rugby history, which is bullshit, right? So yeah, for sure. to be able to say that it's and and that's and that's what it is. Sean McMahon, one of the best back rowers in the world, one of the he's the sort of guy Australian rugby could use right now. He's an absolute bloody mongrel. Absolutely. And he knows that why would you come back home if there's not a clear defined pathway for you? You know, if you play mm. well at super rugby level, play well at Clubland or NRC or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, John Folau gets signed out of nowhere and shit like that, or what is it? That oh, mate, don't, don't talk shit about John Folau. Nagi here will never speak to you again. Come on, mate. I'm expecting big things. He's, <laughs> he's got the name, mate. All right, he's he's built the exact same. He couldn't be he couldn't he's be bigger. a closer physical replica to Izzy. Right? <laughs> yeah, he, if he can't produce at least seventy percent of the goods, then like I'm going to be very upset. I tell you that. You know. All right. Well, I mean, Israel Folau is one of the greatest rugby league players of all time. When <laughs> he came to rugby. This John Folau bloke can't even crack the Parramatta Eels. Sort of Oh, oh, be fair, he did for about three games. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it, right? So it's it's all just this convoluted shit, and that's why that's why I think. I mean, harking back to what we're talking about with the Reds, you can see something that Thorny and the QRU in general is doing is they do really actually promote that pathway. You know, like they they see value in the NRC, they see value in QPR footy, they see value in making sure that there isn't this disconnect between clubland and and state. You know, like yeah. yeah. Tenny Tupo the last couple of years, I know you were saying you're no. frothing. You know, he, he would be told that he can't come down and play club footy even though he's not playing for the Reds, whereas this year Scott Higginbotham played for West and all this sort of stuff. So, right, yeah. you know, there, there's this, this disconnect is now starting to be eradicated and you can see that's something that's actually working out pretty well for the Reds. And I think it, it will bear fruit for them, but mm. it's going to be a slow burn because... For the last five, six years, the Reds have been dog shit. So they're starting from zero and trying to work their way back up. But they're definitely getting there, I reckon. Yeah, fantastic. Look, I think, I mean, we could we could talk for hours about how uh, New South Wales rugby is incredibly <laughs> incompetent at recognising any talent or just general organisation <laughs> at all. But, um, <laughs> but but we won't. Look, we um we, <clears throat> we are trying to stick to some sort of time schedule. So um we'll uh look we'll go try to get back to uh, I guess our last couple of questions, which are I guess very targeted in that. The questions that I think everyone's asking about the Queensland Reds this year are um, who's going to be the preferred halfback? Who do we see starting? Uh, which is a hard one, I think. And also, well, for me, I mean, who's playing fullback um, as well, you know? Uh, yeah, mate. See, that's the dicey one as well. There's, I think, like, I think looking at you, I think everywhere across the park, there is this, it's, it's, I think it, it's very strange. There are some positions, I think the front row has pretty much picked itself. You'll see. Yeah. You know, the Smith Twins and Telly El Tupo and all that sort of stuff in the mix there and BPA and, and Alex Matthew when he comes back, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Second row, I think you, you're going to see Lucan, um, Salakai, Lotto back in there as well. Yeah, Nice, I think smooth just, there with the new name. That's it. <laughs> it's not a new yeah, name. Yeah, I know. I know. I had to actually check that just before to make sure. <laughs> Very but, good. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the good thing that the Reds have is they are young and inexperienced, but they've got a lot of uh, talent being able to push through. So... I mean, yeah, shit. And, th- and that's the tough one as well, you know. You've got guys like Seth and Ivali coming into the mix now as well when they've already got, you know, plenty of wallabies in those fringe areas. So I think there is going to be a lot of selection headaches to be able to work out how they want to go about it. But one of the weirdest ones for mine, is, as you said, is the halves. You've got Moses, Robbie McDermott, Tate McDermott and Bobby Tuttle. Mm. You know, and Bobby Tuttle for mine, I think, plays better as a ten, but they've obviously got Hamish Stewart in the mix there. Interesting, okay. And what mm, what about I didn't mean to cut straight in. Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna to have to get you to to tell us who who's your starting halfback for the Queensland Reds. Um, oh. and then also <laughs> 
And also, we didn't have this question, but it just made me think. I mean, I, I assume they're sticking with Hamish Stewart, but um, what's uh, Matty McGahn like coming into the squad? You know, is he um, is he likely to see some game time, or is he kind of just uh, there to I don't know push Hamish Stewart in the right direction? Yeah, so, I'm not too sure, man, because I know Brad Thorne's got a big old stiffy for Hamish Stewart because he obviously <laughs> had him coming out through the uh, Queensland country set up in the NRC a couple of years ago, and absolutely, he's backing him in. I mean, it was a bit weird this year as well. Mm. John Lance just getting the gig ahead of him despite going to Worcester or Gloucester or wherever the hell he is now. So I think Matty McGarn, to be brutally honest, will be playing second fiddle. Yeah. Um, but I think he will be there to be able to work in tandem with um, Hamish Stewart, just because I think he's giving him a guarantee now. And I couldn't see Thorny not looking to back him in now because he's put so much on him already. Yeah. Um, but obviously you need a secondary 10 to be able to come into the mix. If you can get someone like Matt McGarn from the Blues and all that sort of stuff to be able to... Yeah, at least put pressure on him. That's something. So, but I mean, you got Duncan Paola who can play a ten if need be as well. So, yeah, I think they've got got the spread there. In regards to the halves, mate, that one's so bloody difficult <laughs> because they all bring something different. Like Bobby Tuttle's level headed and a goal kicker. No, Jay, well, he doesn't minutes. want to step on any toes here, mate. You you got to give What's us a that? call. All right, who, who who are you picking? What for <laughs> halfback? For starting halfback, Queensland Reds. <laughs> <laughs> Is it yeah, a coin it's toss? It's, it's just a massive coin toss. It is, actually. I'm not going to lie, because I would have said Bobby Tuttle at the start of the season, but then he went off the boil with Thorny for some reason. (laughs) And now he's got to go going for Tate McDermott. I mean, Moses Robbie's high wire, but, Mm. you know, like, he's probably better later on in the game. Tate McDermott's not big enough, I don't think, at the moment, but he's got a great pass. Okay. I think... I wouldn't be surprised if they if they start with Bobby Tuttle to start the season off, unless he's done something again that that Thorny (laughs) doesn't froth on. Yeah, yeah. Um, But... I mean, Bobby Tuttle's probably the most experienced and level-headed out of the three, unless he just wants to throw him in the deep end and get, get him going. He's got so. that link to uh, Hamish Stewart as well. All right, well, look, we are actually... Yeah. We're, we're heading over time, so I'm going to go to probably the last question, um, <laughs> uh, which I think is valuable. It's in terms of... Uh, we've heard... Is, is Alex Murphy injured? And also, I guess, uh, are there any other injuries that you know of from the Reds that might mean players are coming back a few weeks into the season or anything like that? No, Alex Murphy's playing over in um, the Japanese top league at the moment for the Shining Arts. So um, okay. I know he's on sabbatical there. I don't think he's injured, but he should be back in the mix. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's giving um, Beeper a, a run for his money at, at starting hooker there. Okay, yeah. Because uh, there's another young kid in Eki Marfu who's coming through that could get a Guernsey that Brad Thorne loves. But I can't think of any sort of major injuries at the moment. I think they're actually firing on all cylinders. The one thing Thorne does is he's, he's really hard with that pre-season and all that sort of stuff. But he um, he makes sure that they don't go too hard to be able to actually injure themselves. So from what I can recall, I don't think there's been too much by way of any injuries. So they should be looking Perfect. pretty fresh coming into the season. All right, sorry. No, and I said I said last question before, but no, last question. <laughs> Centre combination. Um, oh, are we seeing... Are we, like who are we seeing? Karevi Pattaya in twelve thirteen or something like that, or what do we think? If so, mate. To be brutally honest, I've got absolutely no idea. So <laughs> going to be there. I oh. mean, Duncan Paiola was there last yeah. year and he's killing it. But then you've also got Chris Fowler, I saw Tia, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Seth and Ivalu apparently is being goaded yeah. to be able to get pushed in. He played some thirteen for the Rebels, but yeah, but not, not well. But I mean, he did. So you've you've yeah. got a bit of an unbalanced sort of backline there because you've also got Filippo Dalgunu and stuff like that. So yeah, okay. you know, it, it just depends on how they really want to attack. And if it goes back to the way you and Mackenzie used to do it by picking the centres and the, and the players best suited to play against teams, that might be a way to go about it. But I don't think Thorny really does that. So I think too early on you'll see Duncan. Um, 
Paola and Samu Karevi with Jordan Pataira on the wing and probably um, Seth and Ivalo and Filippo on the bench and Chris Sortier on the bench maybe even. So, I mean, it's tough. People are going to be riding pine, but yeah. it's just going to happen when you've got a plethora of players like that. Absolutely. Look, um, Jabor, thank you so much for uh, for those insights. Um, I guess it is, it's similar to what we're all thinking. It's just really hard to, to pick exactly what's going to go down. But those are nice problems for Brad Dawn to have. It is... Um, <clears throat> You know, we like that he's uh, he's he is prepared to just make decisions, be ruthless, and create the culture he wants. Um, and look, there's nothing better for competition than keeping everyone guessing. Um, so yeah, uh, exactly. a lot a lot of exciting things to look forward to for the Queensland Reds, and we just hope that um, I guess they can get a get a set combination that can gel together and make something happen. Um, yeah, okay, uh, and also sorry, the last thing we say is. Um, uh, yeah, thank you very much again for coming on, and I hope that uh, we'll talk to you again maybe later in the season. Um, yeah, no, my pleasure. It was good having you on, you blokes. Yeah. And mate, will we see you over in Japan? <laughs> yeah. Mate, yeah, we're not too sure as yet. We're hoping to try and tee something up to get over there, maybe travel with a, a band of sort of Japanese supporters. But I mean, it's a hectic time of year, and either way, I want to get in the mixer. Mate, draft rugby are going to send us over, so, uh, so we'll be over there anyway. Uh, yeah, I'll just tune in with you blokes. <laughs> Four way in a capsule. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was heaps of room in there, mate. Yeah, bloody oath. It's, <laughs> it's a bit weird, but yeah, no, you'll get used to it eventually. <laughs> Very good. And look, so again, yeah, you can follow uh, Jaybor on the um, at King of the Brown Snake on uh, Instagram. And uh, that, that Twitter that's going to become active again at some point, at Jabor Staunton. <laughs> um, and uh, we didn't mention it three times, but we'll just say it twice now. YP Threads, if you want some hectic-looking clothing, <laughs> if you want some serious-looking party suits, wow. get YP after that. YP Threads. YP Threads. YP Threads. I threads. think that's more than three. Three times. There we go. <laughs> good stuff. No, you guys have earned it. Well done. Very Cheers, good. Mate. Thanks very much, Jabor. We look forward to talking Cheers, to you again. Lads. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Cheers. See you. How good. Yeah. What a good bloke. He's so, he's so much better than you. Well, look, I mean, as a fellow fat man, we respect each other. Um, it's what we do. Look, he does have a much better beard. And, um, yeah, I, but look, I don't know you've if, got a pretty shitty moustache. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to buy some of those YP threads to uh, you know, make, <laughs> you bring out my fashion. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. So, All right, well, good. We are we definitely sticking to time on this one. Um, so I think the biggest thing from that is basically that even the guys up there that are that are closer to the action <clears> don't really know exactly what their first choice team is. So Thorn, uh, Brad Thorne is obviously pushing a lot of internal competition and it's a bit of a roll of the dice for some of these key positions. I don't know if you picked up it though. He was saying Paoia at 12 and Karevi at 13 was what he was starting with, with Patea on the wing when he listed his squad mm. there. Mm. I mean, look, that's I, I'd love to see that and I probably think that would be my preferable side. Yeah, I agree. But I think we're going to probably see a fair bit of time, in my opinion, with Karevi at 12. Which, I mean, he gets his hand on the balls more, but I love power out. All right, good. We've spent enough time talking about the Reds. Let's move on. So, part of the main course, we've got another four teams to cover in the Super Rugby Conf- in the Australian Super Rugby Conference. So, let's get, let's get stuck into the, um, the Brumbies. Harry. Yep. So, so, the Brumbies have got uh, a fair bit of consistency for most of their team. We're just going to cover some of the, the new faces and the losses. So, I guess the biggest losses for the team this year, uh, you know, the standout is obviously Issa Nasarani, who's gone over to the Rebels. Taking uh, Murphy's spot over there. Yeah, you. And uh, on the field, he'll play the same role. Number eight, that's it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Kyle Godwin <laughs> at inside centre, obviously had a really, really good year last year. So that's going to be really interesting to see how they work those inside backs, which I'll get to in a moment. 
Benny Alexander retired. Robbie Abel has been playing over for Auckland in the Mitre 10 Cup, and I think he's trying to have a run over there. While he hasn't been signed, he had a very good year, so he, he won't be back to the Brumbies. Richie Arnold, uh, the brother or twin brother of Rory, not coming back. He's over playing in Japan. Uh, just to rattle them off, Misa Rasmus and Lola Fakasalia is over in Japan. Andrew Smith retired. Verity Am. Falele Sioni, Michael Oakman-Hunt, James Dargaville and Nick Mayhew have all been dropped. So Dargaville probably of those is the one that got the most game time, but uh, that brings us probably to the new faces pretty appropriately. The reason he's been dropped, I'd suggest, is because they've managed to sign Tony Pulu. Tony Pulu? So Tony Pulu, (laughs) often touted as the fastest man in New Zealand rugby, apparently born in the US, if you listen to your Elite Rugby Banter podcast... Uh, he is eligible to play for Australia and his reason for coming over here is he's trying to make a spot in the World Cup yeah look he'd played sevens for what country was it don't don't you just wish more people more people who were living in New Zealand just made that decision they were like I'm never (laughs) going to make the All Blacks I'll go to Australia just if you yeah. all just open the doors, bring them all in. Let's I'm do it. Uh, Perifetta, we'll take Perifetta, come on over, yeah. mate. Let's do it. Look, to be fair, we'll take most of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So Pete Samu is another big inclusion. He's obviously come over from the Crusaders. Had an excellent year for them, but with the amount of depth that they have in loose forward there, he wasn't getting consistent game time. So he was basically given a, a, a beeline straight into the Wallabies at the end of last year. So he took that. And I think he's going to get a lot of game time this year. James Slipper lost for the Reds thanks to some off-field discretion, but it's a huge win for the Brumbies as they add even more depth to their tight five. And it's interesting, we were talking about him, about um, you know what, why, if there was a centralised Australian rugby union structure, perhaps he would have been better, best sent to the Rebels um, instead of fighting for a starting spot with uh, the Wallaby prop, Scotty Seo. But uh, look, it might be best for Slipper to have that competition with Scotty Seo um, and also for them to kind of share that the load, I guess, coming up to this yeah, season. True. They oh. might have a really productive season together because we want to see them both in good shape for the Wallabies for the World Cup. And I mean, if, you, if you're talking about that, thinking fantasy-wise, if they're sharing that starting position a lot, which is something they might do, mm. obviously it's going to reduce their value, both of their values, even though they're quite good props. It is, it is. All right, let's uh, keep it going, Harry. Yeah, so the other the other notable name that you guys might recognise is Murray Douglas. Uh, 2017, he made three caps for Scotland in the second row. And in 2018, he had a number of caps off the bench for the Hurricanes. So he's just a really solid backup lock for them. And it just adds to the depth that they have with Sam Carter, Rory Arnold playing his last year, and Blake Annabur as well. So they've got a lot of depth there. And I, I think it's a really good move for them to try and shore up that those stocks. Yeah, he's already played a few games in Australia for the Rebels before he crossed over the the ditch to go to the Hurricanes. Um, so he's played three games there as well. Oh, very good. Right. He was good for the Canes last year. He filled in when they had a few injuries, and he did yeah. well. Yeah, the other, the other ones that we're seeing uh, with a bit of experience, Ray Simone played a couple of games for centre for the Waratahs. He had an absolute breakout year a couple of years ago in the NRC where he won player of the tournament. And when, North, was, and when North won the shoot shield, he was ripping it up there. Absolutely. So he had a couple of outstanding seasons, and then he kind of just didn't get the time he needed <clears> in the Waratahs who didn't really use their bench very well, and he's moved yeah. down to the Brumbies to try and find some game time. Well, to be fair, he, he signed with the Tars, had his breakout year, and exactly before the season started, Curtly Beal said, I'm coming back. And uh, yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, well, game and over for him. Another interesting one is uh, Tom Wright, who's been playing a little bit of time in the NRL. He's only 21 years old. He's got a, a good turn of pace for a bloke that plays inside backs. 
Um, sure. Yeah, he, he could be an interesting one. He's a good one to look up the highlights, Nelson. You were doing that before. Yeah, yeah look, he's played. He's got a history of rugby union, as far as I know, as well. Did so you touting him as a smoky, smoky this year? Look, I mean, for me, he's got to be a smoky. That's there. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, the other ones, Bailey Quinzel is the Aussie under twenties uh, fly half. He, I think I don't know that he started, but he was in that squad, and he also played for Southern Districts in the Sydney competition, and, and apparently lit it up. Is that uh, how you pronounce it? By all it? accounts, mate, how do you how would you pronounce it? Kunzel. It sounds German. <laughs> all right, okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Len, Lenny Ikatau <laughs> from the Canberra Vikings had a great year in the NRC as well. Uh, Noah Lalasio is another young man, apparently the cousin of Francis Sayeli. So anyone with any New Zealand heritage, we assume That's means it. that they're going to be absolutely outstanding. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Vinopolo Fafida is a Vikings NRC prop who was fantastic. Two last great rugby year. names. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of rounds out the new faces. Excellent. And, and Tom Ross. I thought you said him. No, okay, sorry. And Tom Ross, <laughs> and also Tom. an Australian under-20s player. Yeah. So I, I guess the if we go through the starting 15, I, I think there's a lot of similarities to last year. Front row, Scott Sear, Falau Finger, and Alan Alalatoa. I expect to start again. Obviously, James Slipper is going to be pretty heavily rotated as so, the uh, Australian Rugby Union central centralised system uh, has the opportunity to rest players a little bit more this year. So I expect Slipper to get some good game time. Rory Arnold and Blake Never will probably be pushing for one spot while Sam Carter, the captain from last year, holds down the other. Blake, you never get game time. Hey. Wow. I just thought of the spot. Was that, was that good? Yeah, no. For the record, he, he will be listed as a lock, uh, but he did, he did play a few games at he six did. last year as he well, did. so I think that's important. He, he did uh, look like a fish out of water there as well. He did, but yeah. uh, either way, mate, any any loose lock <clears throat> playing in loose forwards is generally worth some good fantasy it's a, points. It's a gem, absolutely. Pete Samu, we said, should start at six. David Pocock, he's going to play 81 minutes a game. Nice. And Rob Valentini is fit again. So we all had him listed as oh, an absolute yeah, bolter at the start of last yeah, season yeah. after yeah. an outrageous NRC season the year before. He's... And uh, he got injured within three games or two games? No, I think he played two games, then got injured, and he returned for another game and got injured. You're right. But yeah. he is exciting. A wrecking ball. He is. And I know, look, I know we're just about to go into best 15, but do you see him or... We are in the middle of it. Oh, well, <laughs> God, I'm, I'm keeping up. Um, Welcome. Do we see him him at six and Samu at eight, or him at eight and Samu at six? Well, if you listen to my best fifteen, I just said Pete Samu at six and Valentini at eight. Yeah, but who do you see at six? But who do you see <laughs> at six though? Um, Murray Douglas. Okay. Uh, so that that rounds out the four pack. Obviously, Joe Powell should play nine. Uh, mm. And then the big question, I guess, for this team is what's the ten twelve combination? What a Nui Havera they've been playing for. Faranui, sorry, my bad. Uh, Has been playing 10 in 2017 and then got only a small amount of game time last year while Christian Leilofano was playing mainly with Carl Godwin at 12. Mm. And he played well, Leilofano. Yeah, I thought he was was excellent. Uh, He reckons he's back to his best fitness. Last year he said he he thought he was still a little bit underdone coming back from, obviously, uh, his uh, leukaemia and he's now had two years... Clear and, and he reckons he's ready to hit the ground running, so that's a really, really good sign for him. Mm-hmm. My personal hope is that we see Christian Leila Lafano at 10 and yes. young Jordan Jackson Hope at 12. Yes. Uh, but uh, it may well be that he plays inside with Herrera playing Herrera. Herrera. Say Herrera. Mm-hmm. Playing at uh, 10. <laughs> so Jordan Jackson Hope is a guy that's been in their system for a few years now, he, coming off the bench most of the time. He's, he's exciting. just. Yeah, good good vision, great step. He's, he's got all the skills to make a very good inside back. He entirely stands out at the NRC. Yep. He is just leaps and bounds above any single bloke that he comes up against there. 
And there seems to be, you know, and rightly so, I think, a lot of criticism for Australia for just throwing guys in the deep end. Here's a guy that's been nurtured over a few years in the system, and I, I think he's kind of ready to have a big year this year. So Agree. he's probably a pick for me that if you're looking for someone late in your initial draft this year, Jordan Jackson hopes a guy that has a lot of potential. And hopefully that means we don't see much of Fadanui. True, and uh, Nelson already gave big props in his prediction to uh, Tommy Banks, so hoping a big season for Tommy Banks. Absolutely. Um, so I better just finish the team before you move on there, champion. Tavita Kurundrani is going to be back from injury this year. How many years have you had? Listening, mate. So Tavita Kurundrani, who was sick last year, is expected to be fighting fit. And I, ho- I hope he has a big season, TJ. So do I, man. Look, he's Every been the, the, the starting Wallabies outside centre for a number of years, even when he hasn't played well for the Brumbies he's always played well in the gold jersey so I think all of us are, are, are rooting for him to have a big year 50% because he's a good 50% because he's a good player and 50% because I love seeing the choo-choo try oh, celebration yes. I live for that so uh, on the wings, I think Christian, uh, sorry Henry Spade is a, a lock on one then that leaves Tony Pulu a lock he's, a, he's got a lock on, on the oh, position yeah, okay. yeah. nice the word boys, you got to give up, <laughs> Jesus. And uh, Tony Pulu, I expect to hold down the other spots. There's a couple a of people else. pushing for that position. Chance Penny for one, but you know, I guess the big question is, do the Brumbies trust him yeah, considering his Red disciplinary card, record yeah. in 2018? He's, he's had a few chances. Yep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wonder if the pennies dropped. Yeah, I did say that too. Okay. So Tommy Banks to round it out at fullback. Like Nelson said, we're expecting big things from him. He's an exciting talent, just absolute pace to burn. It's going to be. I, I hope we get to see a foot race between Tony Pulu and Tom Banks. That's what I want to see. Yep. Sounds good. That rounds out the top fifteen. We mentioned Tony Pulu and Jack, Jordan Jackson Hope as two guys that could have big seasons if you're looking for uh, a late pick in your draft for guys that are probably worth more than Rise their name stuff. suggests. The guys that I would probably be careful of this year, Andrew Muirhead, Andrew Muirhead, who none of us could believe was scoring what he was scoring last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I think his time has come that he just can't continue to play as well as he played. He had a fantastic year, all credit to him, but realistically, I just don't think he could be as good as he was last year. And with your to rival at Tony Pulu, surely, surely not. To be fair, that whole Muirhead thing, we said the same thing about Michael Little to start off the season. And he kept on going, and we believe in him. What is it about Muirhead, other than his head, that we think he cannot do this again? Well, to be honest, with his I, head. I think it's... <laughs> no, that's part of it. Uh, I think the biggest thing is the arrival of Tony Pulu and Chance Penny having another year under his belt yeah. and not being red-carded for most of the season. We don't know that. At, at this stage, <laughs> Andy yeah. Muirhead was in, in the top kind of couple of echelons of, uh, of outside backs over the year. I think he ranked, just double-checking my numbers, at uh, something like 25th. So he was in around the mix for a starting fantasy player. But this year, I just don't think he's going to get that same consistent game time. Yep, no, it could. Everyone agrees with me. That's great. <laughs> Would you uh, chat completely? The other, You're not wrong. Um, the other guy that uh, I, I think everyone needs to be a little bit careful of this year is probably Tom Cusack. Um, he had an outstanding year last year, took every opportunity while Pocock was injured. You'd be remiss if you didn't say seven, Australian seven-star Tom Cusack, because uh, <laughs> right. Clarkie doesn't miss an opportunity for that. So That's right, and he, he has apparently put on something like another five kilo and gotten his fitness right again this year. So maybe he's thinking he's got no chance at seven, so he may as well try for six. 
Yeah, genuinely, uh, genuinely, I was thinking that he could be a starting six until I remembered Pete Samo would come across. So, <laughs> yeah. I, again, I think there's going to be a bit of rotation. I think the Wallabies are going to be calling Pocock to have a bit of rest this year. Mm. So he, he's a shoe in I think, for that last Lucy spot when they need someone. And if Valentini doesn't set the uh, the world like, like we hope he does, then Cusack's probably the safe bet as well. Yeah, I he think will. he will as well. Um, well, he should really be my rising stock, shouldn't he? Yes. Yeah, uh, but uh, Tommy Cusack p- would play a few games when he does play. I'd highly advise him for a one-week pickup, but I don't think he'll be consistent. And to round out the Brumbies, Valentini, Rob Valentini, wow, yep. that guy—he's—he kind of reminds me. He plays a little bit like a Kiriuani. It'll be interesting to see if he can make the same step up to Super Rugby. I don't expect him to be that damaging, but he is a real talent. I, I don't know if it's because I think. He's bright, or that I think Yuani isn't bright, but he just comes across how, as a how, smarter how player. I, I honestly think he has, he has more he has more bows strings to his bow. Bow strings to his bow. Nice. Okay. Um, look, I think Valentino will be sick. Um, he, I mean, his only game he played last year that I remember was the, his opening game against the Sunwolves, and that might not be a good measure of whether or not he's he is up to Super Rugby or not. But he absolutely annihilated that game until he got injured. So um, yeah. Look, I think. That pretty much sums it up, doesn't it, Harry? Does the Brumbies? Yeah, that's all, that's all I've got for you. So Excellent. let's roll straight on into the Melbourne Rebels. So there's quite a few new faces uh, and there's quite a few losses. So they had a pretty stacked team last year and I think it only gets better this year. In terms of the new faces, they've got Mies Erasmus, uh, Hugh Roach, who's come across from the Tars. He's, he's a great backup there. Luke Jones, who's been plying his trade at Bordeaux for a few years. Um, we expect relatively big things from him. Uh, he was quite good before he left. He, he was one of the first people... Well, he was in the first team for the Melbourne Rebels, as far as I know. And he's returning and to Melbourne. He was, he was in, Melbourne. in and about the Wallabies as well. Yeah. yeah so. uh, Brad Wilkins, who has been at the Tars for a couple of years and had a couple of chances, as far as I know. Um, Nisa Rani, who's going to be a big pickup. Quade Cooper, who's been plying his trade at Brothers, not having his chance at the Reds. Yes, Harry? Uh, yes, thanks, mate. Uh, <laughs> Hands up. My hand was up. Uh <laughs> Apparently, Quade Cooper was added to the Wallabies preseason group as well. The, the camp there as well. He's so obviously, right they're giving him the opportunity to put his name forward, which is fantastic well, for Australian rugby. But I guess it might be a bit of a, uh, a a nod to the fact that he's putting the work in and that he's actually trying to get himself right to have a agree. good year. Um, and from maybe mid-season onwards, we've got Matt Tamua coming across from Leicester, uh, the stay-at-home dad. <laughs> yes, that's his new nickname. He's, he's absolutely. If, for those that don't know, he's married to Elise Perry, who is an Australian professional cricket and soccer player. Uh, she played for the, I'm going to say, Australian, Australian. soccer team. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And also for the, the Sydney Matilda's Sixers. Matilda's. Matilda's, yeah. yes. And the Sydney Sixers in the Big Bash as well. She set the record two years ago for most runs, and she's about to beat it by a significant margin. She's a freak. And to be fair, she could probably play for the Australian men's cricket. So Absolutely. Um, she, you could probably put her she's in an all-rounder. Sevens. I should say she's also an all-rounder, yeah. and she bowls. She's open the bowl. I think if she, she's if, a freak. If she wanted to try a hand at rugby seven, she'd probably make that team as well. Absolutely, you know? yeah. So, yeah. so uh, my, my, my favourite story about the stay-at-home dad's wife is apparently she got asked to leave her cricket t- uh, by her cricket team her coach said you need to choose between soccer and cricket so her solution was to leave the team and join another state that didn't care that she was playing professional <laughs> soccer at the same time and continued to play both so the stay at home dad 
obviously the lesser athlete of the two. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Matt Tamu, very excited to have him with us this year. Yeah, yeah. either way, he, he's a gun. I'm very he's, excited for him to be back. So. He's going to be hopefully a big part of the Wallabies. Uh, Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how he fits into the Rebels, but all, all you need to know is he'll fit in. You'll, you'll find out. Yeah. I want to do my, my top 15. Okay. Um, and then another one that's come across is Campbell Magnate. He, he left the Reds, uh, I think, before last season. He had a great, great few seasons there. Um, and has developed quite well before he travelled over to Suntory to play with the Sun Goliaths. Um, it would have been more interesting for him to, to see him go at a club that had less outside centre options. So he's got a few blokes in front of him. But look, Campbell Magnet, write him down. If there's a few injuries or if he gets a crack, he, he could be someone that could give you or bear some fruits from you. You might have just said this, but... You might have just said this, but... Fuck, I wish he was at the Warwick Dust. Wish he could uh, yeah, I did say that. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of the losses, Laurie Weeks, Jeff Parling, Colby Fienger, who's a sad one to see go, he's quite a talented player. Lopetti Tamani, Amanaki Murphy, who beats his teammates, so it might be a good thing to see him leave. Um, <laughs> On that, everybody else in the team is going to score at least an extra four points. Oh, <laughs> Murphy being That's gone. That's true. You've got to take those points unless, and spread them out. Unless they're going to get Nisa Rani to do the same thing. That's right. That's true. Um, Jack Debrasini has gone across to the Chiefs. Good on him. He was born in New Zealand. It would sad, be sad to see him be brilliant over there and light up there. It will really suck to see him get pro- like trained under the Kiwis and then just become amazing. Unless he gives up because he knows he won't get a chance and comes back and then leads the Wallabies. That's, that's the dream, isn't it? The dream is yeah. that he goes over there, gets all the training that he Not needs, good enough. comes back well, straight he's in the good enough. After his first year with the Rebels... Oh, he was Everyone awesome. was saying he was the next Australian fly half, yeah. and it just fell it's away. Just, didn't quite happen. All I needed to do is ago. to yeah. make the Wallabies so that when I picked him first in the draft a couple of years ago, <laughs> that, that pick was validated. Okay, that's all I need. All right? yeah. yeah, it was. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Jack McGregor, he's gone across to the Force. So he'll be playing rapid rugby, global rapid rugby. Uh, David Horwitz, who was a talented bloke coming from the Tars, he's been there for one season. I don't think he got any shots. Did he play at all? No. No, no yeah. I don't think so. Hmm. Henry Hutchinson's gone back to sevens, which is where he is from, and Nyavalu has moved across to the Reds. So he's seen the writing on the wall, Nyavalu, and uh, well, he, yes. even though the Rebels' recruitment didn't decide that they had too many backs, Nyavalu just uh, he, he was smart enough to decide, and he's gone to the Reds looking for that. Yeah, he, had, he pretty spot. much had no chance at getting a starting spot there. Yeah. Um, if we're going to go through our top 15, there might be a couple of things that I think we differ here, but in, in terms of the front row, don't expect too many changes from last year. I think, I think we're going to have Faulkner and Ainsley. Ainsley might be sharing a fair bit of the time with Talakai, uh, with Ulysses at hooker. In terms of the second row, Coleman and a guy we all think is very underrated, Matt Phillip. Needs to be in the Wallabies right now. Yeah, look, seriously, again, another bloke that I think would be awesome to be at the Waratahs. Um, there's a yeah. specific guy we'd love to see not be there in front of him. And then surely if he's at the Tars, he might get a call up to the Wallabies. You mean Captain Mud? <laughs> yes, Captain Mud. <laughs> Um, for the back row, this is where we differ a little bit. I think Jones is obviously coming in as that number six role. Um, I, I mean, no one's going to argue that Nasarani is the replacement for Murphy at number eight, but it is that number seven position. So Fahing is left, and he played there for most of last season. Um, Cottrell, who was the seventh or so top back rower for the season last year, I'm saying he, he'll share time with Jones and he'll share time with Hardwick. But for me, I'm going to say that the seven starting most of the time will be Hardwick because they've gone with Fying in the past. They like a traditional seven and Hardwick's your man for that role. What do you boys say? 
Yeah, hard, as, as you were saying, Hardwick is an out-and-out seven. He's uh, He's been in and around the Wallabies environment. He's, he's got a cap or two, maybe three caps, the Wallabies. He's got a couple of caps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, I, I have been expecting big things from him for years, so we're still waiting to see what happens. Yeah, look, I think um, if you're looking at Cottrell on the bench, he covers more positions as well. So he's a great load to... Cottrell can even play lock. So yeah. In my opinion, I think you'll see them start Angus Codrill at number seven. They've done it last year for a reason. Yeah. Hardwick was injured at part at times, but also not injured at times, and he was clearly the first choice. Look, so I think I'd be very surprised personally if he didn't start at least start the season there. I think you found we'd find if you look up um, most of the matches that Fyinger was their starting seven okay. for a good chunk of the year. Excellent. Well, I just I have to say I like Cottrell. I like his mongrel. He's Dan Vickermanesque. He just he, goes in there 110. percent I'm not going to argue if he's starting. He, yeah. he is a great player. It, it's a good again another good dilemma for them to have there. And in terms of the back, um, the backs we've got Guinea at nine. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Uh, the new man Quade Cooper. Playing at ten, and I mean he's going to have some talented players around him. So it could be a year that we see him flourish. There's blokes that will play off him, um, and I think he'll have a chance to sort of um, thrive in this environment and, and chance his arm a little bit here. So it will be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, for the centres at the start of the season, I've got Meeks at twelve, who will be placed replaced by Tamua when he returns, and I've got Hodge at thirteen, who played a little bit for the Wallabies there. And I think, look, I think he's. He's a man that can pretty much play anything in the backs, but I do like seeing him run at 13. Hodgie? Yeah. He's, he was looking good at 13. I just watched some uh, rugby championship highlights when he was playing 13 for the Wallabies, and I forgot he does have some real pace about him. He, oh, mate, he is deceptively fast. Deceptively fast. Like the, he has the, the weird hunchback yeah. run, but uh, no, he is quick. Yeah. He is a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the back three, I mean, Corabidi, Maddox, DHP, the three there from last year, I would be extremely surprised if any of them had dropped for any other reason than injury. Um, DHP, he's solid all round. Maddox, I think he's a he's a true up and comer. I had him in my top three purely because some of the other guys were taken. Mm. But he is an exciting player, <laughs> and I think he's he's going to have a chance to um, play in so the Wallabies at some point this year. So unprofessional. Um, and Corey Beatty, he is a man that they expect too much of. So hopefully he can just. Do what he's meant to do, run hard, mm. make a few hits, and not worry about tackling everyone. And they've got the club man of the year, Tommy English, as the best type of super sub you yeah, can Yeah, look, have. I've got him as someone whose stocks are falling. I mean, he's going to drop down that pecking order a little bit, but he's going to be that mixer, Mr. Fix-It for the season, covering pretty much any injury in the back line or any rest weeks for a number of players. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you'll see him starting on the bench because he can just pretty much cover anything there. Um, in terms of other people that stocks are going to fall, maybe not for the start of the season, I think he's a great player, Bill Meeks. Um, I think as soon as Tamua returns, he's... I mean, Tamua's probably going to have a few buys. He, he's been not having too many breaks throughout the last 18 months or so. So you'll probably see them share a bit of time, um, but Meeks, he won't be a bloke that sucks week, week in, week out. So his stocks are going to fall because of that. Um, and this is where maybe we argue, but Angus Cottrell, I, I do think he's a bloke, whether he's starting or he's not starting, whether he's six or he's seven, he's going to be more likely to share his time with Jones and with Hardwick this year. So he was seventh for the uh, back rowers this year. Do not expect it again next year. If he's starting, I mean, I have no qualms about putting him in my, my side, but I mean, he's not going to be one of the first guys I picked up. So uh, I, I just thought it was pretty important to note, and I just thought I'd, uh, I'd, I'd go and double-check before I said the wrong thing. 
Matt Samuel currently playing for Leicester. Uh, Leicester. Leicester. Leicester Tigers. Yeah, that's what I wanted to that's make sure that you yeah. guys knew. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, his last round of their competition isn't until the 18th of May. Wow. Oh, wow, quite late. So they're currently coming seventh on their table, their, their competition table, so we're not expecting them to make finals, really. How many make finals? Sorry? How many make the finals? Uh, not seven. Uh, Eight? <laughs> no, 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 I think it's it, there's not many more on the table. I, I'm, either way, the earliest that he'll yeah. finish up is after the 18th of May, which would put him back for round 15 of Super Rugby. Yeah, wow. So I, I guess the Brumbies really are expecting to play the full season without him, considering there's yeah, only 18 true. weeks I mean, of... The Brumbies of, uh, are expecting to play the full season without him. Yeah, yeah the Brumbies won't have him. Yeah, and the Rebels as well. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think the Tars are going to have him either. No, look, I mean, yeah, the, the season's been rearranged. There's no gap for internationals throughout the mid-season, so that's true. He's going to come back a little bit later because of those things. Um, and maybe that means Meeks rises back up a little bit as an early pick. Absolutely. But you've, you've got to be aware of um, when you're going to see a man like Tamua come back. Tamua. Exactly. In terms of blokes that are having rising stocks, Jordan Ulysses. I mean, he, he, for some reason, was listed as a prop for uh, Fox Sports. He only played eight games last year, and he was rated as a 30th hooker, if we remove him from that prop list and put him in as hookers. I think we're going to see a big rise from him due to mainly having consistency. As long as he stays injury-free, I think he is a great player. He knows how to run the ball. And I think we should see him uh, a fair bit higher in those rankings for the hookers. I've got one question for you on that. Is he the most hyped-up player in rugby? He, he potentially at, could at, be. At ERB's Adam Wakefield's money ball pick, uh, first pick no, look, draft last year. I, I, think yeah, that's right. I think he could be, but I actually think he's quite a talented player. I think they put him into that Wallaby squad way too young. Um, I mean, they've done that to a hooker in New Zealand, and, and where's, um, where's he been for the last few years? Ricky Tilly. No, man, man behind Ricky Tilly. Asafa Amua. Asafa Amua, who is a gun. So, I mean, you're talking a front row. This, these guys take time to develop. Their body has to mature. I think he's a great player, and I think he's going to be a big man for the future, for the Rebels, and potentially for Australia. I think he has size. He has some talent. If he if he gets that consistency, I think he's a man to watch. See, I'm the opposite. I buy into the heart completely. I think he could start for the Wallabies this year if he gets a good season under. Well, him. there's no man that he's stamped his authority on that number two jersey for the Wallabies. And that's it. The hype. You heard it here first. Yeah. Look, other guys that have rising stocks. Obviously, Luke Jones. Um, he's been absent for a few seasons. He's a man who doesn't mind getting into the nitty gritty, making a few runs, getting his hand on the ball and or balls. And Harry did a little dirty hand jiggle there early on when the word balls was mentioned. So I thought I'd just mention that. Um, and Quaith Cooper, who I mean, he's is obviously going to rise from zero points last year, wouldn't you say? It'd be hard not to. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, his, his rocks or diamonds, is that what it is? Just, yeah. I'd just like to point out that Luke Jones in the 2015 season, yep. out of the remaining players still in the competition, he was ranked 17th across all positions. Wow. With a 39 average. Yeah, look, he's a good player. He can jump in lineouts, he can run the ball up, and he can tackle. All right, excellent. Now, we need to get moving on. And just because I can see Nelson's put it in the sheet but left it blank. Nelson, who's your smoky pick for the uh, Rebels this year? Oh, it's going to be a tough one. <laughs> no, it's not. Come on, mate. you got 30 Come seconds. Come on, Johnny on the spot, mate. To explain. Okay. 
for my smoky He's of the season as I scroll through. You've got I... five, four, three, two. Magne. He's going to play three games, and if he gets a start in any of those, he is going to be way better than you think. Excellent. Well done. Under pressure. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the one team that obviously everyone's here and cares about, uh, the Waratahs. Uh, I thought you were say the Warabads. Um, and I was donned with that job. So we've got to, I guess, get a little bit of a move on. This podcast is going to be about twice as long as we were hoping it to be. But, um, you know, we're back on form, boys. Um, no, it's, it just gets longer when we actually get to talk rugby, get a bit of passion out there. And, exactly. and look, we're having such a good time with J-Ball, we just let that keep going. So anyway, no further ado, the Tars, losses. They've lost uh, props Paddy Ryan and Matty Sandell. Paddy's been playing over in Japan, but both of them are actually heading over to the San Diego Legion. In uh, the Major League Rugby. They've also lost Tawaki. They have. I was getting to him. He's next. Um, they have also lost Kalivate Tawaki, who um, he didn't see very many games for the Tars. He was kind of the backup backup last year. But um, he had a great season for the Fijian Drua and, uh, in the NRC. And then also he's been playing uh, the internationals with Fiji, including uh, the historic victory over France. He, was, uh, he came off the bench for that one. So that was pretty big. And uh, he's gone on and signed with... Uh, Struggling French crub, crub. <laughs> Struggling French that's crub. The, that's uh, the French word for club. Yeah. Struggling French club, Biarritz, who are uh, playing in the uh, Division Two in the French competition. So, Biarritz. those are the props gone. Um, Hugh Roach, he's gone. So he's gone to the Rebels to compete with uh, Rangi and Ulisi. Um, he had a pretty great year last year. Uh, New- former Newington boy and. We all uh, got behind him. He, he was playing very well, but uh, look, I just don't see him winning, um, winning the battle against Damien Fitzpatrick, who arguably had the year of his life, uh, of his career last year for the Tars. Um, saw a lot of time starting. Well deserved. Side note: Well deserved. Well deserved. Yeah, yeah he, he, he's basically been injured at least, I'd say, eighty percent of his career. But last year, he just finally got to yeah. enjoy the fruits of his labour. Interesting to see him not. Um, even talked about as a call-up for the Wallabies. He's the one guy that probably can throw a line out straight. I, th- I think can the, throw. Can throw, yeah. yeah. I, I think I remember reading that they just didn't rate him in the in terms of size. And size. Size scrum. was the big yeah. thing. He's, he, just, he's, he's just, just never been big enough. But, he's um, not a big guy. But yeah, and so look, and the other person, the other reason Hugh has left is because Tolu Latu, uh, even though he was... I guess he'd pissed off Daryl Gibson, the coach, last year um, because he wasn't fit and obviously just not as motivated as they would have liked. Uh, he got still got the call up to the Wallabies and look at some of those games. As far as I'm concerned, he proved that he's the best hooker in Australia right now. Um, some of some of his game. some of his ball playing skills, his ability to pilfer, um, it, it, look, his, his line out throwing is questionable at times, but he, he the man can scrum. Can pilfer, can run, and, I think, and can pass the ball. He used to. We all remember he's played every position on the field, including he played ten when he was younger. Um, so, yeah, um, he is a man that I think he really needs a motivational coach. When Checker was there and he was getting a bit of game time under Checker, he he was pumping and he was ready to go. Those first few games when he, he came into the Wallabies, he was looking solid, and then he kind of taper tapered away again. Man, yeah. I think I think he just needs a hard taskmaster. He needs a Brad Thorpe. Just work him hard and keep him disciplined. You yeah, know what I mean? Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Will Skelton in that way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Yeah, all right. Well, so moving on, other other losses. Uh, back row is Kelly Miathua or Mithua. Yeah, he played a bit for the Rams. He did, uh, and he was from West Harbour as well. He was quite a big body, and he was quite a good player, but he never seemed to, to crack that squad. He did, so he never got any caps for the Tars. I, he had one I had marked that I would like to see him play, but I, I never really got to see him play. So he's maybe they can uh, they can sign up the Horned Army this year to support them for, <laughs> since the Rams are no longer around. You know that. Infamous group. I've heard there's huge demand for those beanies, those horned army beanies. Yeah, um, absolutely huge. I can't get my hands. I reckon on you should see if YP Threads will sell those. You know, maybe they can take <laughs> them and repurpose them or something. I don't know. It's a, uh, here we go. Make it. That's the tenth time we've mentioned it. Jay Ball just uh, <laughs> no. Um, and look, yeah. So Kelly signed, Kelly Mathur signed with uh, another French D two club, Beziers. Um, he previously played with Narbonne, another French D two club, and so he's uh, make he enjoyed the lifestyle over there, obviously, and is is heading over there. Brad Wilkin, as we mentioned, he's um, he's been around the Waratahs. Still a very young bloke. He's played for Sydney Uni, a couple of caps for Brisbane City and the NRC. I don't know if you know, he was born in Wellington. Born in Wellington, didn't Wellington, know that. New South Wales. Right near Orange. Oh, that was great. That was good. That was yeah. well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, Brad Wilkin, so he's, he's clearly he's seen the right on the wall with uh, Hooper, for the first time ever, I think, not playing every game of the season last year. Will Miller came in and um, and filled in, and Correct. boy, what a fill in! Yeah, he was absolutely the ripper. So yeah, um, definitely. Brad Wilkins not going to sit around and uh, not get any bench time this year. He's decided to go to the Rebels and see if he can not vi- get bench time there. Vie for the seven spot. So <laughs> if Nelson is uh, is correct and we're not seeing Cultural play seven, if uh, Richie Hardwick goes down, then Brad Wilkin is the next type of person who's a pure seven. No, I think then you see Cultural go to the seven. All right, very good. Um, <laughs> so that's the, that's him. Mick, Mick Snowden has uh, he's stopped hanging around like a bad smell and retired. He's uh, he's thirty one. Um, he's just been around a long time. Been around quite a few Super Rugby teams. And um, just I didn't even know that bloke was at the Tars. I'll be honest, I didn't either until I just read it. Yeah, I, last <laughs> time I saw his name was at either the Brumbies or the Force or something. But Rebels. no, the Rebels. He, he was at the Rebels. Rebels for a few years. He had right. a couple caps there, and he was at the Force prior to that. There you go. Now we've already mentioned Ira Simone. He left, so we all had huge props on him. Awesome season, winning the Shoot Shield with Norths in 2016. Massive NRC the year after that with the Rays. 17. 16. 17 was the Rat. Boom. Get your shoot shield knowledge up here, Nelson. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, big. I mean, I like Simone. I'd love to see him play, but um, he's just not... He, he is a 12. I don't know if he could play 13. For me, he's an out-and-out 12, and he's just not going to play with uh, KB there in the Tars. So he's gone to have a crack at the sort of open position. Harry and Nelson really like Jordan Jackson Hope. I think Jordan Jackson Hope's good. I'm not sure if he... If, did you did you watch much of the NRC? Because I, I, know, I know he had a rip NRC season. I saw enough highlights to see that. But um, but even beyond that, I thought he was excellent uh, in the couple of chances he got for Super Rugby as well. He's, he's not a big man, but boy, he's talented. Mm. Well, I think, I think Simone's done a good job because he might get some game time. There's a chance of it. And he also can learn from a lot from TK uh, outside him at 13. Yeah. And Lily Fano inside him at 10. So... That's good for him. And also, look, he was... Sorry, I was saying he was never going to need to play a 12 with KB, the incumbent, but also the Tars seemed to prefer Lalakai for Ketty above him. So um, he was, you know, third in line to really get any game time. Um, and then, yeah, the last losses, notable losses, the outside backs, both Andrew Kellaway and my own and fantasy fan favourite, Takili Nayarvoro, have, uh, have left us, despite Harry and Still I... Still alive, but just not for the Waratahs. <laughs> Correct. Harry and I yeah. pleaded with Nayarvoro. Uh, every Waratahs game we saw him, uh, we pleaded with him to stay. <laughs> we, we, we did research to see if there was some way we could rip up the contract, but no, he has um, 
It's gone across. Both of them have gone across to the Northampton Saints. In I the, don't know how you let that man go. No, I don't. Seriously, either. he was the reason why the Tars won three or four extra games. Did, did Mate, he, he break was the, the try scoring record of Flower? Or did he even it? It was fifteen. I think he drew. I think they drew. Think they drew. Yeah. Um, but he was he was what one try off the the top try scorer for the the competition. Mate, he, he captures the imagination of every prop that exists, mate. Just yeah. just you, this is what you, you. It's like you're looking at what could happen if you were a prop on the wing. You know, like. <laughs> Is, do you know? Do you know Mario Kart when you get the star and just no one can stop you? You just that's, go straight to everyone. No, that's legitimately what he's like. Mario Kart. You to mention Mario Kart every week. Are you getting? Is Nintendo a sponsor coming on? The no, do not. Or something? If they are, I would love a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> it seems quite good. The, the draft rugby platform will be made available on Nintendo Switch if we're just <laughs> yeah. provided with some. You know. Yeah. No, um, you're me up with Zelda too. Yeah, that's it. All right. So yeah. Anyway, Killaway and Nairavoro gone. Uh, yeah, very sad to see Navarro gone. Um, but yeah, let's move on to uh, replacements. Um, all right, so gains. The Tars have got in. Um, now, look, we kind of touched on, before I say exactly who we've got in, we touched on with J-Ball that the Waratahs recruitment is terrible as per usual. Um, we've just talked about... Uh, we've actually talked about walking into New South Wales rugby, just throwing the te- recruitment team in charge <laughs> out of there and just setting ourselves up on some desks to get something done. And also to see if anyone noticed, because you know I'm not sure if anyone would. It um, could be empty. You know. The room could be empty. That's it. So we're still, we're still tossing that up, but... Um, but yeah, look, I mean, examples of that is last year, how did we not get a look, uh, how did we not get a single lock from the force? We had Adam Coleman, Matt Phillip, even Ross Haler Petty. Um, and Take more, any of them. And more importantly, how did we not get Izzy Nazarani? The, we need a number eight desperately after Wycliffe Palu has departed. We need a and lot of positions. We just decided, oh, look, we don't want any of the whole the force team, so we'll just let them all go over to the Rebels. So, um, more so on that I mean this year I guess I think we would all agree that probably 95% of that recruitment recruitment team's time if it exists probably should have been aimed at getting Big Will Skelton home for sure um, the man has, is in the best shape and form of his life over there in the English Premiership Rugby he's no longer a circle and he's a and, tall man to be a circle and I don't even think it's very hard to sell it to him just be like mate would you like to play for the Wallabies in the Rugby World Cup oh you would oh we'll just come play for the Waratahs and that's a sure fucking thing you know yeah. like the, uh, there was an article on Rugby Pass which was fantastic looking at how Saracens have changed their game plan to, make, to take advantage of his unique set of skills oh, absolutely Saracens you know one of the most dominant world rugby teams insane exactly so so the Tars I suppose so yeah without making this a rant <laughs> yes we're saying we should have got Will Skelton back we didn't uh, we should, could have got Luke Jones we didn't yeah. never mind but instead what we have done so we're starting the games here we have taken a South African schoolboy with a backwards name LaRue Rhodes 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 we're going to have to ask our South African counterparts the ERB to I think it's Royce. Nail that for us. But um, look, his name's backwards. LaRue is clearly a surname, so... Um, yeah, not wrong. We'll have to get that sorted. But look, he's a big lad by all accounts. Uh, we haven't really seen... We've just... Haven't seen much of him, you know. Um, we don't know what to make of it. Look, he's a big guy. He looks like he could be damaging, but he didn't get picked up by any South African clubs by the sounds of it. Um, we'll have to wait to see... To our South African preview, uh, where we can ask our, our guests on the that show. That could be because of the, the huge pool the Waratahs have. I mean, look, to be fair, as I've said, and we'll say every single time, um, I would play anyone instead of Rob Simmons. Uh, I'd play Nelson instead well, of Rob Simmons. I, I don't I'd even learn to play second row instead of Rob Simmons. I don't Simmons. think he's <laughs> going to take that spot. I think Tom, Tom Staniforth, as we ranted every single week last year, Mm, yeah. was unable, unable to get even a single metre per run. He had this unique ability to go backwards per game, on average per game. It was outrageous. So I think they're just looking for a big body that can actually get them over the game line when they need it. 
yeah, can catch and then run. Yeah, away. I mean, you, you give the ball to Simmons and he drops. So, yeah. I mean, anybody can be there. That's it. All right. And so moving on, Gaines. Who have we gained? Rory O'Connor, 24-year-old, played for the Australian under-20s, um, and he basically played for the Sydney Rays, and also he won the shoot shield with the Rats in 2017. So he's just basically, he's, he's young for a prop. As we say, props kind of come into form by age 30, but um, he's been playing really, really well, and so he's a good pickup for the Tars. He's probably second or third string prop, but great to develop him and get him into that environment. He's, he's been rewarded for his hard work in club and NRC level. Um, John Folau. A Falau. What else do you need to say? 24 years old. Is his younger brother. Um, so do you think he's going to get points this year, mate? Is he going to be good? Mate, you can't go wrong with a Falau, as I've said. Um, I guess that's one or three. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, he's, um, he's been brought in as a replacement to, uh, to Kili Nairavoro. Um, but look, I mean, basically, he's the exact same size as Izzy. No, he's bigger. He's 193 centimetres, or six foot four, six foot four, and he's 112 kilos. Um, he's played for the Eels for a couple of years. I was going to interestingly bring up he played for Tonga uh, against Papua New Guinea in, in league. league, mate. That I means know. nothing. Does that that doesn't affect his eligibility or anything? No. no. Okay. Mate, just... I, I had a mate that played for USA, and the bloke isn't even from the USA. It doesn't matter in league, and it affects nothing to do with union. Good to know. Uh, and he played for the Rays last year. I'm not too sure how his season went, but I didn't hear any. I was looking for highlights consistently just because I wanted to see some awesome tries. I didn't see anything, so. Um, hopefully he can literally just follow his brother around the training park every week and just you know by osmosis pick some stuff up. Um, but look, I mean, be like brother. I just want to see them both on the field and you know Falau to Falau to Falau, or even just having him out there as like, you know confuse the other team. They'll be like, I can see two Falau's. He's everywhere. You know what do we do? Like so, there's got to be that. Just having run, yeah. done, run dummy lines for his brother all year. That's yeah. it. So I for one am excited about John Falau. I'm not too sure about everyone else. He's and not- he, he, he runs very similar. He's got 10 kgs on him. Okay, he, he's going to try and be more of a Naira Voro than an Israel. And uh, look, I mean, as we're saying for the Tars, there aren't very many gains. It's basically Rory O'Connor, John Folau. Um, those are the two main gains. And then the last two that are kind of not really done deals yet, uh, Adam Ashley Cooper. Uh, yeah, we keep hearing that's getting very, very close, but still not done somehow. Exactly. So look, AAC will be 35 years old in March, uh, but he wants to make a push for the Rugby World Cup in 2019. I could see him uh, in, in the Tars there playing the Conrad Smith-esque type role at 13. You know, just that safe as houses type of, uh, type of role, making some great decisions. And hopefully actually helping the ball get to the outside. Some pretty devastating outside ball runners. So, yeah. Falau, Falau, Curtis Rona. Well, um, look, Rona you know, had a great New year Sam. outside centre last year. But Adam Ashley Cooper is an all-star. He basically He's... won us that uh, Super Rugby final in 2015. And he was half too. the reason we got in the finals in the Rugby World Cup 2015. Mate. Yeah, look, I mean, you, you've got to give that position to AAC. He, yeah. He's going to be a bloke that he knows how to direct the blokes around him and he's going to do a lot better from that 13 than, than a, a, on the wing. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm pumped for AAC, but we'll see what happens. So we're close to hearing about that getting signed. And then that kind of puts into contention the other signing. The other signing is Carmichael Hunt. So uh, they, they were both, Carmichael Hunt was touted to be very close to signing, but I think um, there could be some problem trying to fit them both in under the salary cap. So the salary cap in Super Rugby is $5.5 million for, for, uh, per team. So pretty and, much that all goes yes. to Hooper. And just remember Hooper that, and Hooper, yeah, just remember that Hooper uh, is there. And all, I mean, you look at Hooper, Falau, Kirtley Beal, and Foley. And, Foley, and um, you can see where a lot of that's going. So 
they're going to have to take some pay, pay cuts, I think, uh, AAC and Carmichael, if they want to get in the team and try and make the Rugby World Cup to squads. Um, yeah, they're obviously looking at doing a player swap. You know, the Reds are going to be paying part of Carmichael Hunt's salary. The and, same way that Quake Cooper... Uh, who's their, the Waratahs fullback that they're looking to swap? Uh, with? Bryce Hegarty is yeah, going up right. to the... So they're obviously looking to do it without actually spending money, but mm. I, I don't know what the sticking point is there. I, I assume he's, he's keen to play somewhere. Absolutely. So yeah, Carmichael, he's 32, and I guess this is probably his last crack at the World Cup. I think we all love Carmichael Hunt. He's he's a player that gives 110% every time. You know, he's, he's someone that you're never going to doubt is going to go into contact with his all. Well, he definitely knows how to find the line. He definitely knows how to find the line. <laughs> um, very good. Um, but, yeah, look, so I hope they find a way to fit him in there. And, look, he, he's, a, he's great in that he can cover 10, 12... 14, 15, 11, 13. I think he can play any position in the back, but I mean, he definitely can play 10, 12, and 15. I know he can um, play half back. Exactly. So he, he would be a great player, even if anything just happened on the bench, you know, and also a senior head to just to bring around. So For parties. Exactly. Whether it's running or cutting lines, old mate always gives 100%. So should be good. All right. Um, moving on. So Tar's team lineup. Uh, let's look at that. So um, it's basically going to be pretty similar to last year. The only real questions about it are. Um, will they rest Star Wallabies, and if so, how much? Yes. So there's probably gonna you're gonna see some resting of, of Hooper, despite him never wanting to be rested ever. Um, you're gonna see some resting probably of Hooper, Folau, Foley, and Bill um, at least. Um, can John Folau live up to the hype? No, no. Yes. Um, <laughs> will Dempsey have a big year? Will he not get injured and have a big year? We've, yes. we've seen that yes. he can be amazing. So yep. big hopes of Dempsey. Will Jed Holloway get off his ass and play the potential that we all know he can? No. no. Okay. <laughs> all right. I wish. I hope he does. I really hope he does. Me too. He's got the potential. Can Rob Simmons please get injured for the season? Hopefully. Yeah, sorry, I know that wasn't really a question, more of a statement, but um, yeah, can that just happen? Um, all right. So look, starting fifteen, Tars pretty easy. Tom Robertson number one, Tolu Latu two, Sikopi Kepu three. Unfortunately, Rob Simmons four, five. We're probably looking at Captain Mud. Cap. Well, I've the four. The four. Rob Simmons, Captain Mud. Five, we're either looking at, I guess, Staniforce, LaRooks, LaRue, Roots, Roots, fucking whatever his name is. Um, or, possibly, or possibly even putting Hannigan back in at second oh row. Oh, God. Hannigan is definitely hey, playing in the number no, five jersey. I'm, I'm sorry. There's the other option of Jed Holloway. That's right. True. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, one of them is playing and in the Michael five jersey. And then we've got Dempsey in at six, Hooper in at seven. We, um, we've got Wells, Wells at, eight. at eight. If yeah. Holloway's not there, probably Wells at eight, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it better bloody well be Jake Gordon at nine and Nick Gibbs oh, on the bench. Um, like, that just better and, happen. And it's only every past player in Australia has actually been calling for him to be the Wallabies backup half back at the moment. Absolutely. Fibbs should be nowhere near this Wallabies squad for the World Cup. Nelson, start training half back. All right. Um, we're going to have Nards, uh, the Iceman, at 10. We're, uh, Probably going to see Newsom um, at uh, eleven. We we think uh, KB at twelve. Well, sorry, you guys will have to give me your thoughts. But Clark Clark slash Newsom. Clark slash Newsom. Clark's probably favoured above him at this point. I think okay. we'll start with Clark, and Newsom might work his way. Personally, I'm hoping that it's John Folau by the end of the season. But uh, I think it'll be Newsom, KB at twelve, AAC at thirteen. If it's not AAC, Curtis Rona, who's very good there. Then on the other fourteenth, on the fourteen, the fourteen jersey, Curtis Rona. Um, and obviously Izzy fell out 15 so um, that will basically do it for the TARS so after having done the TARS and we're now clocking over an hour 17 in this pod um, the only team that we have remaining is the Sunwolves so we had a a, a pretty uh, pretty informative talk with Rich Freeman 
uh, earlier today where he gave us a fair bit of information in terms of what Japan were looking to do with their squads, where their rest weeks were and that kind of thing. So uh, I think we'll just throw to that chat now. Okay, so thanks to Rich Freeman very much for joining us today. If you If you don't know who he is, He's an accomplished Japanese rugby reporter who writes for Kyoto News. Uh, they have an English website as well, which has a lot of information for the Rugby World Cup this year. So highly recommend you go and check out their website, kyotonews.net. Uh, he also has a column adding the extras in the Japan Times. And you've probably also heard him doing some commentating for some of the Super Rugby games over in Japan. Uh, you can also follow him. He's very active on Twitter at Freeman. Freeman Rugby Japan. So highly encourage you to, to follow him there, especially if you're interested in what the Sunwolves and what the Japanese international team are doing. How are you going, Rich? I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you? Very, very good. Thanks very much for, for coming on board and helping us out with the, the Sunwolves preview this year. No problems at all. So we'll get straight into it. I, I think there's a lot of question marks about who may or may not be playing this year. Um, I know from looking at some of the, the media reports from Tony Brown at the end of last year, they were saying they had, they're up to about 48 signed players, and he was saying ideally he was looking for a, a squad of about 60, so we could almost run a, a Super Rugby Team A and Team B. Um, do you have any insights into to how they might try and actually push their starting team this year? Do you think they're going to be playing a couple of different teams like they did last year, or... Uh, are they going to be trying to keep a more steady team to try and build some combinations going into the World Cup? That's a good question, and one we're still sort of struggling to answer over here. At, at this stage, what we're looking at is a lot of the established Japanese stars, the players that will be playing in the World Cup later in the year, probably not making an entry into Super Rugby until around round six or seven, and that will be very much dependent on sort of Jamie Joseph's requests regarding international training camps. Um, there has been talk that there will be a, a second string Sunwolves side playing some of the Super Rugby sides as well later on in the year. So, as you say, it's looking like it will be a very large squad. There's about 48 players, I think, named so far, with a few more Japanese players expected to sign as the season progresses. Cool. So a couple of the names that um, I've been looking at that they haven't made any announcements, just let me know if you uh, if you have any insight onto these guys. Kataro Matsushima is a big one. Uh, hasn't signed yet. Uh, there's also some of the stars from last year, Yamada, Lafayelli, uh, Willie Britz. Willie Britz has been deemed surplus to requirements from what we've been told and from what he's been saying, so I don't think you're likely to see him play this year. Um, Timothy Lafayelli, I would expect. I'm just checking, looking through the, the team shares. I say it is a very large squad. I would expect him to to get signed fairly soon. Um, one of the problems that some of the players do have over here is the fact that um, their contracts obviously are, are, are with their top league sides, and yeah. so certain top league sides take a little bit longer to sort out the deal with the Sunwolves. For sure. Okay. And it's, it's, so it's more or less the same for you, you know, Tatakawa, Robbie Robinson, Sam Wikes and Tamura. They're all in the same kind of boat that they may or may not um, be signed. Sam Wikes, I think, is in the same boat as Willie Britz. I don't think we'll be seeing him in Sunwolves colours this year. That's certainly the, the, what I got from talking to him towards the end of the top league season. Sure. Tamura, we would expect to see um, play at some stage. Um, and, and as 
with some of the other Japanese internationals. I think they've been given quite a bit of time off following the end of the top league season. And then from about round five or six, some of them might then turn up into the Sunwall squad. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So basically no Brits, no Wikes, and, and maybe a delayed entry for your players like Matsushima, Tamura, Tadakawa. Yeah, Tadakawa is an interesting one because at the moment he is not in the extended World Cup squad. Matsushima, Tamura, for example, are in what Jamie Joseph has named as his World Cup squad, extended World Cup squad. Yep. Tadakawa isn't in that squad. So whether we will see him... He missed the November tour because um, his form wasn't deemed good enough. Um, obviously, a very experienced player, both Super Rugby and, and Test match level, and he is a name that a lot of people are asking about this year. Okay, for sure. Yeah, he's obviously a very experienced inside centre and plays a bit of ten as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, have you got a an idea yourself in terms of what you've heard or what you've seen in terms of what might be a, a first choice Sunwolves team, or is it just going to be so up and down that it's really hard to pick? I think it's going to be pretty hard to pick, to be honest. And that's one of the problems, obviously, the Sunwolves have had over the years is this fact that you never seem to get a real established sort of consistency in terms of the teams from week to week. There are certain players I would expect to get a lot of game time. They announced yesterday Craig Miller and Michael Little yes. are going to be the two co-captains this year. So you would think, therefore, that those two players, and especially based on their form last year, are going to be you know, looking at pretty much all the games, providing they stay injury-free. For sure. Uh, I, I guess in the same kind of... Group last year was Lapis Labushagne until he obviously had his contract finish a little bit earlier than the, the season ended. Do you have any idea if he's going to be doing something similar or if they're expecting to play him all the way through? I would think at this stage, I, I'm not sure, but I would think that they're looking at playing him as much as possible. He is one of those, um, there's a number of foreign-born players that have been included in the World Cup extended squad who aren't technically eligible yet for Japan, but their eligibility kicks in later on this year. Um, James Moore, Labashagne, um, Wayne, uh, Ben Gunter, Raboni, Warren Vosayatho, and Shane Gates and Grant Hatting are all those that are in that World Cup squad that will become eligible for Japan later this year. Fantastic. So they'll obviously look to try and give them some game time and see if they're in the right form for the squad. Exactly, yeah. Great. Um, in terms of injuries, the, the ones that I've picked up is Shadahori had a, a stress fracture in his foot and he's had an operation. He says that he's only targeting maybe July, making a comeback for the Pacific Nations Cup, is it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And Lameki, something similar with his groin, no operation, but a stress injury there. Uh, and obviously Sean McMahon um, had his injury in his foot as well and they've, uh, they've not gone through with his contract because he's unfit. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I talked to somebody yesterday from the Sunwolves, so uh, Sean McMahon's contract has been terminated, and Lamecki is looking at sort of possibly coming in around round four or five, I think. Right. Uh, is, is there anyone else off the top of your head that you can think of? Not off the top of my head. Um, they went into camp yesterday. It was the first day of camp. They got a brand new camp up in Chiba Prefecture. Um, obviously, a lot of the early sort of days in camp are, are done with medicals because obviously these guys have just come off a top league season. It's not been that long a top league season, but as we've seen in the past, there are players that do sometimes carry niggles that 
then obviously they want to sort out, especially with the sort of the travelling involved with Super Rugby. So, you know, within the next couple of days, I think we might get a better idea of exactly who is in, in tip-top shape and who, who might be rested early on. Right, right, cool. Uh, and, and any word on Amanaki Mafi and what they're thinking around him? He said at the weekend, he was asked, he said he's 100% fit. He is keen to play. Um, from what I've been told, though, from the JRFU, and I believe this would then go to the Sunwolves as well, is that any decision regarding him would have to be made following the conclusion of his legal case down in New Zealand. And is there some sort of date on that? Are you aware of any of that? Well, the last we heard was that there was supposed to be another hearing back in November and nothing happened then. So quite what's happening, we're, we're not entirely sure. His club side over here have allowed him to play. He's been play, he's played the last few weeks in the, in the top league cup competition. Right. Um, so he is playing rugby, but um, whether, obviously the JFU being a slightly different organisation from his club side, they're, they're sort of staying fairly safe and just saying, well, we're going to wait and, and wait and see what happens with this legal case. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, the other specific player I wanted to ask you about was Kazuki Himeno. He, uh, he obviously kind of floated between loose forwards and a little bit of lock last year as well. Are they trying to, have they given any hints into nailing a position down for him or is it again, he's going to be a bit of a, a, a floating forward? Well, the problem with Himeno has, he's a very, very talented rugby player. And the problem he has is that Japan are lacking locks. And at the moment, looking at the Sunwolves, he is listed as a lock for the Sunwolves. Um, I personally think he's a much better six and, and plays much better in the back row. Um, but you've got other players like that. Grant Hatting is, is listed as a lock. Uwe Hillo is listed as a lock. Mm. And it is a, an area that is of major concern for Japan. It's, it's slightly curious that... Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown have gone for so many foreign-born players at lock because obviously a lot of them aren't eligible for Japan later on in the year. Yeah. Um, so with him and O, I think it will be very much determined on you know obviously how much rugby they're going to give him because he's a key member of the Japan squad and obviously it will revolve around you know other injuries within the second row. Sure. Okay. So uh, he's been named at lock anyway. So I guess that that's kind of where we're most likely to see him play. But like you said, there's an absolute uh, I guess, overflow of, of loose forwards that are kind of named as a bit of both anyway. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you look at this side, there are so many players that are, are capable of playing different positions. As I say, the second row, you've got Vimpy van der Volt, Grant Hatting, um, Himeno, Helu, all are back row forwards. Um, in the backs as well, you've got the guys like Ricky Amatsuda, who's listed as a standoff, but is... Obviously, a guy that's played a lot of rugby at, at 12 as well. Will Tupo is listed in as a centre, but he's played quite a bit at, at fullback. So yeah. um, it's a side that, you know, obviously versatility is something that Tony Brown is keen on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and what about the, uh, you mentioned the training camps that they've just started the first one this week. Is there anything else planned through the year that you're aware of that might interrupt the season for some of those players? Um. Well, the national what they've got is they've called this national development squad, which is which will be a lot of the guys that aren't contracted to the Sunwolves. Um, there's a number of young players in a further sort of development squad as well. They'll be training sort of throughout the year, and as we saw last year, um, I don't know if people remember, but there were times where suddenly you would see this mass 
movement of players from one squad to the other. And I would expect possibly that to happen this year as and when. As I say, there are also going to be some games last year. The um, Japan development side played a few games down in New Zealand whilst the Sunwolves were down there. So that yeah. enabled players to switch from one team to the other. So that's a possibility for this year as well. And the Pacific Nations Cup, am I right in thinking that goes ahead as, as normal, kind of mid-year, and that we might lose some players for that as well? No, Pacific Nations Cup is the end of July, beginning of August. So that shouldn't... Okay, perfect. So that, that shouldn't actually... Yeah, that shouldn't affect it at all. Fantastic. Okay, um, I, I didn't have too many other questions. I think you kind of answered the last one I had about Jamie Joseph and what's his role going to be with the team. Uh, obviously, he's he's handed over the Sunwolves team to to Tony Brown, his assistant in the the national setup. Is it expected that he's going to take a bit of a backseat, or are they going to be working pretty closely and and kind of floating a lot of ideas between each other? I think the day to day running of the Sunwolves will be very much Tony Brown's. Um, obviously, Jamie is sort of the head of the national squad, though will have a say in in certain things as regards you know the player management, player welfare and whether he wants to give somebody a crack at Super Rugby just to see if what they're doing on the training paddock it, it will work at the highest level. As I say, in that national development squad, there's a couple of young players who, who are worth looking out for. Um, Kajimura is, is, is one, um, and there's a few others there that um, you just think that uh, if they were to give a, get a run at Super Rugby, that would determine whether they were good enough to play at the World Cup. So I think Jamie Joseph will have a... A say in in the, in the makeup of the squad. Could you could you just uh, tell me again, Kajimura? Who, where's he playing? Yusuke Kajimura is a centre. He actually he was picked by Eddie Jones to train with the Japan side whilst he was still at high school. He then sort of disappeared into the the murky world of um, university rugby over here. He's played for Suntory for the last year, and obviously playing outside, Matt Gitto has helped him. Sure. So he's regarded as very much a bright star of the future. There's a couple of other good backs there. Ryuji Noguchi, who played a little bit for the Sunwolves last year, and another wing called Seiya Ozaki. And in the forwards, there's a, a hooker called Kosuke Horikoshi, who is also with Suntory. These are young guys that are just out of university who... Um, you know, there are some people saying should be in the Sunwolves just to get that experience to bridge the gap from top league to international rugby. Right. So t- technically, they're not signed at this stage, but they might play that role, like you said, where some of these development guys are being thrown into the deep end at some point. Yeah, technically, they are. They are contracted to the Sunwolves. They are with the national development squad. But as we saw last year, the you know the Sunwolves do bring in a lot of players during the course of the season. Perfect. Okay. Well, I, I think that's about all, all the questions I had for you. I think you've told us a lot in terms of uh, injuries, form, rotations, and some of these Japanese windows where they're going to have a break at the start of the season. That'll hopefully help a lot of the people out that are playing fantasy footy and looking for a bit more detail that's a bit hard to find on the internet. So thanks so much for coming on. It was really, really good, really informative. No problems. My pleasure. Great. Okay, well, thanks very much. Okay, cheers, and and good luck with the season for all the people out there. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> Great chat. How good was good. that? I hope someone adds that in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Harry held his held his nerve there. Um, 
No, that was very good. Um, it was always insightful talking to Richard Freeman. He's really great on social media. You really can, generous with his time. And you can get after him on Twitter, at Freeman Rugby, JPN. Yeah. I did this again. JPN. JPN. Jesus. No, um, look, every time we need to find something out about the Sunwolves, he's the man we go to. Yes, if you're serious about fantasy footy, you need to be following him on Twitter because he is literally the main and a really only source of information in English Japan. Yeah. yeah, and also uh, you can get up. Uh, he, so he writes articles of both Japan's Times and also Kyoto News, um, where Harry's found some quite useful articles, yeah. particularly recently on things like injuries on Shotohori and Lamano Lameki yeah, and which all that. So, which you won't find elsewhere. So, the only question that I thought of that uh, we didn't ask, didn't think of to ask him today. Was I, and we'll send him a message, so we'll, we'll tweet out his response. But um, I'm interested to see uh, my type of player, Atata Moekiola, is a Japanese young gun. Um, he's of Tongan descent, um, absolute beast, and he's been signed with the Chiefs. Uh, he was a winger, scored three tries for Japan in the under, under-20s Rugby World Cup against South Africa, and is an absolute weapon. I will bet you right now that he doesn't play more than three games. I'll take that bit. Okay, what are the stakes? I don't know. Can you just say, but you. Case of beer. Case of beer, done. More done. than three games. Oh, I've seen it. More than three it's, games. It's, it, he needs to play four. Yep. Whoever he plays, <laughs> no, three and a half. Doesn't, that's more than three, mate. Yeah. Oh. Come on, Nelson, mate. Jeez. Well, it's not a whole game. Actually, you're backing me up, I suppose. All right. Yeah, anyway, all right, good. So, look, that's, we'll leave that. The Sun Rules, Sun Rules chart, I'm sure, was great. I'm sure it's going to get included in the podcast and it's all going to work perfectly. So, look, uh, after. I'm pretty full from that main course. Like, that was pretty huge. After the main, what do we do? What you got? What you got? Do with that dessert? Yeah, again, he's, you just run smooth. Look, if you ask me to play it off the phone, this is what we're dealing with, all right? Just be I don't better. have the little scroll points that I get. Just be better, really. All right. Harry's working on it, guys. But um, anyway, it is time for dessert. Um, and so, look, so sweet. So sweet. We'll just do a quick dessert tonight. Uh, basically, we're just going to do, mm. and we're going to do this with all of our season previews. So for the next two conferences as well, predictions for the Australian conference rankings. So we haven't told each other. We just wrote these down, and uh, we're going to each say what we think it will be. So who will become first, second, third, fourth, fifth in the Australian Conference at the end of the season? And um, I don't know if we should put some kind of punt on this, but probably not since we're doing it for every year. Uh, Look, I, I would be very keen, but I was so wrong in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fair. All right, well, anyway, we're going to kick that off with who spoke last out of you two? Harry, we're going to kick it with Harry. Okay, so because uh, he didn't, I didn't, he didn't want to, so. yeah. I'll lead again. Well, I was just trying to share the the light. I don't want it to feel about me. You know? uh, so oh. I've got first place. <laughs> first place to be the rebels. I think there's just too much depth in their squad. Oh. I, I don't think anyone else has the same depth as them. I think they built a lot of good things at the end of last year. I think they was it the Brumbies or them that spanked the Waratahs at the end of the year. Either way, I just think that they're primed for a big year and I can't see anyone adding or improving as much as they they should improve this year round. Um, I've got the Tars in second place. Stable squad, a lot of a lot of uh, talent in that squad. I think Takeli Nairovoto is a huge loss for them uh, and I don't really know how they're going to cover that many points. John Falero! Definitely AAC not. and Kamo Yeah, but neither of those guys are going to score Lowe. tries where they have no right to score tries. But they John will Lowe. help set up tries. To His get name to is that John and last name Falau. All right, so uh, this is where we're going to differ clearly. Uh, I think the Brumbies will be third. I think they'll be pushing the Waratahs, to be honest. They scored so many more attacking tries. There was a really good improvement in their attacking play. So I think that they've got a big year ahead of them. The Reds, I think they're still a little bit too young, but I think they're going to have some big upsets. 
uh, not upsets for themselves, upsets where they manage to beat good teams. And then the Sunwolves with their squad of 60, when they play their top team, I expect them to get a few wins. I think they had three wins last year, so I'd probably put them in for the same amount this year. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll roll on through. I mean, I've only just popped up the 2018 conference ladder, and I'm pretty much going to go the same. So there's only one thing that I really differ there with Harry. I think, look, the Waratahs, they were hot and cold through 2018, but they still got the job done in terms of the conference. I think they showed glimpses of brilliance against teams like the Crusaders in that first half. Um, and I think that they've been actually building in terms of their consistency over the last few years. Um, there's going to be a few little changes, but there'll be a bit more maturity to the team. So blokes like Adam Ashley Cooper, Carmichael Hunt potentially coming into the team, I think that will help them push in those moments like that they had the, the chances against the Crusaders, and, and they'll be more likely to hold on to those matches. Um, so for me, I think they're going to top that conference. Um, I agree that I think the Rebels have a lot of class and they're going to be a lot better for having another year together. I think they're going to be second in the conference. And I don't think they'll be far off the Waratahs. I think it'll be quite close. Um, not too distant behind them will be the Brumbies, but I think the, the, the Waratahs and the Rebels will be the real ones fighting it out in the last couple of weeks. Um, the Brumbies do have quite a few strengths in their squad. Um, I mean, there's a few positions and a few things that they're going to be lacking in comparison to last year. And then there's a few blokes that hopefully, if they're not injured, like Valentini, will will add a lot to their squad. Um, So it will be interesting, but I do think they'll be mid-table. The Reds have a lot of class and a lot of talent. Um, They're quite young. They're going to be a lot better again uh, a year down the track with these these blokes playing together. They are another team for me. I think they could actually slip into that third slot. I don't think they have enough uh, enough experience to take from the Brumbies, Um, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if they can lock in their their squad and their lineup pretty early. That I mean, we might see them slide in front of the Brumbies with the Sunwolves rotating their teams quite regularly. We'll see them on the bottom of the conference. Excellent. Well, both Harry and Nelson differ just by the Tars and Rebels in their order at the top. Uh, I, similarly to Nelson, think the Tars will finish on top. A little bit because I'm biased, but also because the huge impact to the team that John Folau will have in the season. Uh, No, I'm stupid. (laughs) No, I just think the Tars will. um, They'll just get it done. You know, they find a way. There's too too much star power there. I think. I think they probably won't rest the players very much. Uh, I think. um, I think the Checker would like them to, but I don't think they will. Um, And yeah, so after the Tars, I think the Rebels will come second. They're just. They're building something, and they've got too many, too many cattle, good cattle there. That it, if it would be, it'd be too hard for them not to do well. I think. Um, I don't know if they'll finally click it together, but we'll see. And then look, I was going to actually go the same as Nelson Brumbies and Reds, but to be different, Jay Boy's going to love this. I'm going to chuck the Reds up there above the Brumbies, which is I know a bold call. The Brumbies are generally... I mean, that's pretty much what I was just saying was an option. Anyway, so the Brumbies are generally Australia's most clinical side, um, and the Reds, <clears throat> by all means, are still a very young side. But um, I don't know. I just I feel like this, a second year together under Brad Thorne, they will have really gelled together as a group. I think it would be remiss of us to say that, I mean, the, the Brumbies really try to change how they played in 2018, and, and that more time together, the more time playing that style of rugby, we've got to see a lot better... Uh, results in the back keep, end of the season. Keep in mind they didn't have Pocock for the first two thirds of the season or something as well, did they? It's true, true. They I, I actually think that they're, you know, those top three spots I think are going to be pretty tight. I think anyone could win it. 
And, oh, realistically, I don't think the Reds are that far off the pace. I mean, it, it depends how these guys turn up and how they play against um, each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, it's, it's basically double points when you play each other in comparison to, to other conferences. So, I mean, there's going to be some pretty tough Aussie derbies, I think, throughout the year. Yep, and uh, so, yeah, so bottoming it, the Sunwolves, and again, same as what everyone else has said. Look, I think they could have some really good games, but there's just going to be, you know, they're, they're concentrating on the Rugby World Cup, and they're just going to be moving too many players around, I think, to really get any cohesion. Last um, question. Any roll on. How many games did the Aussies win against New Zealand Conference this year? Five. What, what was it last year? Three. No, look, I think it'll improve. Look, I, I think you're going to see more... It's a hard one. I think you're going to see more... Kiwis being rested. We're going to see some stronger Australian teams. Uh, I think it, that, that trend is going to continue from what we saw last year in comparison to 2017. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be tilted in our favour in terms of our, our games three. against yeah. them. Yeah, look, I, I think maybe we're looking somewhere between five to seven. I don't think we're going to be expecting anything more than I think that's, yeah, that's I'll, still I'll, a big ask. I'll double. But, I'll go six. I'll go six. Yeah, I would. I would have thought four, five, maybe maximum six, mainly because Highlanders have lost their five eight, and I think they're going to struggle a little bit more this year. Yeah, but they've got Ben from accounts, so they'll find a way. Um, excellent. All right. Well, look, that pretty much does it. Um, this was the Australian Conference Preview. We're going to do the New Zealand Conference Preview next week. And then the week after that, the South African Conference Preview. Um, we're locking in... We've got locked in some special guests for those podcasts and we're still possibly locking in one more. Um, so stay tuned for those. Uh, and yeah, look, I guess uh, final final words are... Yeah, we've uh, as we talked about in our last podcast, we are in the final stages of building the draftrugby.com platform, um, which obviously we would like to get out as soon as possible for people to start signing up and have ample time to... Create, sign, create accounts, create leagues, and uh, do enough research for the fantasy season in, in 2019. Um, and yeah, I would also be remiss to not give a shout out to both Aaron and Denver, our uh, our other developers that are working very hard. Did they um, listen to the pod? They listened to the last one. Yep. So, um, we dropped the hint and they, they were straight back at us within it. 24 so, hours, actually. Yeah, big shout out to them. They're putting in a lot of the hard yards with uh, with me while Harry and Nelson just said look pretty. I mean, you um, say the hard yards with you. I'd be interested in to see if they think you're putting in the hard yards Okay, with true. Them. They're putting in the hard yards and I'm just... Uh, I'm, 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 looking I'm pretty. the foreman. I'm you're supervising. Looking, you're looking pretty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so look, that's it. Um, uh, follow us on the socials at Draft Rugby um, and... Keep checking fantasyxpdraft.com for articles and whatnot. That'll do us signing off. Peace out. See you next week. And stay slutty.